Finally, we have come to the third installment of Shenmue. How did this long dormant franchise return? What innovations in game development helped change the way Shenmue is made? What are our honest thoughts on the end product? Find out on Sega Talk. SegaBits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Hello and welcome, welcome to episode 90 of Sega Talk. On this episode, we are covering a game that feels like it's been decades in the making. Um, And and I feel like this is an episode that's been uh, years, uh, years in the making from us because I'll be quite honest, we never reviewed this game when it came out. Um, We didn't want to get hated on. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but but this game that I am speaking of is Shenmue 3, and this was a Patreon pick from Daniel Andres. If you support us on Patreon at, at any tier, you get this episode in audio form a week early. If you support us at the $5 tier, you get it in video form. If you support us at any tier you get to share your memories, but at the $20 tier, you get to tell us what to do. And Daniel's our boss, and so he said, hey boys, and he called us into his office. He's <laughs> like, we gotta get this Shenmue stuff done. You gotta stop doing these little itty bitty master system games because you wanna do something easy. And we're like, come on, Daniel. And he's like, no, no, you're doing Shen, Mui, Tui, and Three. And I said, yes. I don't think it's pronounced that way. And he was like, I will tell you, how Shenmue is pronounced. It sounds like Ban- Banjo-Kazooie. It's from Yu Suzuki. Yu Suzuki. Um, exactly. But yeah, so I, I, I don't know what else to say except just diving right into it because this is a, this is a big one. It's a big episode. Oof. So uh, yeah, Shenmue 3. It was released in 2019 to the PS4 and PC. Uh, is probably one of the most long-awaited sequels in gaming. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of another one that lasted Mother? longer. Mother, Mother maybe? maybe? But they haven't gotten a new one yet, right? I think they did one on Game Boy Advance, but it was Super Nintendo mm. to Game Boy Advance, so 10 years there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's well, it's not only been long requested and long awaited, but it almost seemed like it was never going to happen. I feel like... I don't think anyone that, thought it was going to happen. Well, no, and I, I feel like the notion that Shenmue 2 would even see a follow-up was almost as like preposterous as like all three Spider-Man film franchises crossing over or there oh, being yeah. a live-action Luke Skywalker from 1983 like in a 20-minute TV show, you know? Like, yeah. And now those things are happening. I am at the point now where I don't think anything is out of the realm of possibility. I... I, for the longest time, I was like, I don't think the X-Men are coming back. But then there was like that uh, <laughs> leak, that, tra- that trailer, right, yeah. for Doctor Strange. And you hear Professor X, or at least Patrick Stewart, he must be playing Professor X. You know, he so, has to, right? Yeah, so if, if if those things can happen, Shenmue 3 can happen. And Shenmue 3 did happen. In fact, it happened uh, back in 2015, even though the game came out in 2019. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, so we're going to talk about this crowdfunded release. We're going to talk about the game itself. And we're also going to talk about what is to come from the franchise. And I'm glad that we're doing this so far out from 2019 because so much has changed with Shenmue. Like, I feel like if we did this episode right out the gate, we would be probably a little more pessimistic about the future of the franchise. But um, there's an anime right now. We're doing weekly shows covering that. So there's two episodes out right now Mm -hmm. covering Shenmue the animation uh, that you can check out on our YouTube channel, not the episodes themselves, but us talking about the episodes. Yeah. We're not pirating stuff anymore. We used to do that. Mm. Um, we, we put Shenmue the movie up in in full, and you can watch a commentary track of that from us. Probably the most watchable version of that. Um, <laughs> but believe it or not, Shenmue 3 was actually in development for the Dreamcast, but due to low software sales and heavy financial losses, the project was canceled, and despite this, uh, their early development did see story being planned out, character designs being completed, and hundreds of gigabytes of textures waiting to be put to use. So I don't think they were able to use them for mm. the final product. That I can't sucks. imagine. I mean, maybe, but I, I just can't imagine Dreamcast textures really moving forward. Um, well, there were a few failed attempts to revive the series, which we most definitely will feature on a future Sega Talk. Maybe we'll call it like Shenmue Online and, and other spin-offs. Shenmue yeah. City. Yeah, you know, they're, they're like, as I mentioned right there, um, there were also cameos in games like Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing and its sequel, Transformed. Uh, fans really, they just wanted a true third entry in the series. And there were social media campaigns. People were mailing capsule toys to Sega, I remember. Yeah. Um, but the big one was the hashtag Save Shenmue. Uh, did, did you ever send tweet that out? I'm the, sure you did. The Save Shenmue? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I think everyone put a little part into it. I don't think any of us really expected it to work or anything because like, I think since I joined the internet, people have been talking about how the third game is just around the corner. You know what I mean? Right. Well, we, I feel like you and I were kind of more on the pessimistic, realistic side of fandom where we're like, Sega's not going to do it. Suzuki's not going to do it. A gazillion years later. (laughs) Right. And I mean, I, in our defense, Sega didn't do it. And also Suzuki at the time was doing mobile phone games to continue the story or give new, new elements to the story. So I was kind of like, really, this is where you're kind of decided to focus your energies on. Yeah. You know, there was a time when I think he was more interested in portable gaming and mobile gaming, um, as evidenced by, I think, his, like, studio even was kind of being sold YSNet as, like, an online-focused, mobile-focused, digital digital team. Uh, But, boy, did we have egg on our face when you fast forward nearly 15 years later to E3 2015, when at Sony's press conference... Um, following the reveal of uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is still in, still being made, right? Is it out? No. Like, what's... Um, I think they're doing the second part to it. They released the first part, and then they like did a like PS5 upgrade where it's going to have like extra content just for yeah. the PS. So they're like milking the remake of Final Fantasy VII so far. So if you know, you got to give Yu Suzuki credit. On the same stage that Final Fantasy VII Remake was revealed in that still not completed, Shenmue 3 completed, uh, what, 
three years ago from when we record this. So yeah. good on them. Um, but yeah, Yu Suzuki took the stage and revealed Shenmue 3 was releasing. And I just want to play this clip. I think this is the best, like, uh, this gives you the idea of what people were feeling when that reveal was made. And I have the timestamp there, if, if Five, that works. 538, uh, I'll play it now. Oh, I remember this video. I like... I remember this They're video. They're not paying attention. No, and then... Uh oh. Octodad. I like they're stressed out. The guys, they're like, oh my god. <laughs> would you wear a suit to one of these things? I would. Yeah, me too. Oh. They knew. They knew. That's all you need to know. The song. <laughs> uh, yeah. The. What's with that woman? I don't think she's a true gamer. Is she not a true gamer? She, she's just she like loving the reaction. I'm I just think, kidding. I think I'd be more like her. I'd be like, wow, you guys are really going off on this. They can't believe it, though. They're like, it's not real. I love it. I, the thing is, though, like you, when you say like the old graphics or whatever... I actually do like the old models. They did something pretty interesting when it when it came to the shading mm -hmm. that I think is missing in this game. But I don't know what it is. There's I can't even put my finger on it. I, I think I'm just a hater sometimes when I talk about it. Well, the trailer that we see here at least is very different from what oh, we got in the end product. For sure, it looks a lot better the actual game than that that early. Yeah. But yeah, that's the video. Um, that was an yeah. That was a legendary reaction, I think. Like, I feel like even if the game was good or bad, that reaction from that team at GT Live uh, game trailers um, is probably going to live on as part of the uh, Shimu legacy. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. Weird. Absolutely. And um, I wanted us to share our own reactions. Like, where were you? When you, were you watching this live, or you you must have been? I think you were. You were chatting. I was chatting with people, yeah, and it happened, and it was pretty interesting. Like I didn't even know how to feel, you know. It's one of those games that you've like waited so long for it to be announced, and then you're like, it's right. announced as a Kickstarter, which I think at this point, even me and you, we were having a little bit of uh, doubts with it, and like you said, he was doing mobile, so I was kind of like worried at the same time because i've heard right i've heard you Suzuki say that he's going to finish the game through shimmy online he even talked about making making a book and i right. and obviously the uh city um and so i was like i hope this isn't another you know false hope um and also sega not being behind it was really questionable for me because uh a lot of the love of the game was that everyone at Sega worked on it. You know what I mean? It was like a massive project. And then scaling Absolutely. it back to a Kickstarter was kind of worrying. But besides that, I was excited. I was happy to see more Yu Suzuki. I feel like he was so... I've done articles, you know, when he left the company and stuff since 2008. And it was kind of sad seeing, you know, basically like a, a father figure for the company leave, you know? It's like Yuji yeah. Naka. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I learned about this. I was seeing the movie Jurassic World, if that really dates this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and it was during the scene where the T-Rex breaks out of its cage and you see it on screen for the first time since the original Jurassic Park. And it was going, and then it was like, ding, ping. And it was like little news alerts on my phone. And it was like Shenmue 3 announced. And I'm like, wow. And so I always, I always have that connection now between Jurassic World and Shenmue 3. It's such a strange connection. It's um, funny because they just showed the new trailer for the new movie. Like yeah. Uh, recently, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So when I was seeing the recent Jurassic uh, World Dominion or whatever they're calling it, mm. I was like, wow. You know, we're we're actually doing Shenmue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um and yeah, so when I actually read more about it, yeah, I was kinda like you. I was like, oh Kickstarter. But then I thought about it and I was like, you know, in nineteen ninety-nine this was like triple A multi-million dollar game. If Yu Suzuki is looking to make a game that is about in line with those games now, then yeah, this isn't a new Uncharted. This isn't a new um Bioshock or you know some some massive AAA game from 2015 this is a game that's probably going to be more in line with what Shenmue was in 1999 but in at the time we thought like 2017 when the game finally would release so it wasn't so much a problem and to be honest like my expectations were actually very they were low but they were like uh, uh, realistic so I wasn't disappointed and when I saw the finished product and and in playing it in preparation for the show, I was like, this looks a lot better than it had any right to be. You know I, what I mean? Like, I think the the backgrounds of the game are like the environments are actually really sometimes beautiful and amazing. Um, yeah. Sometimes some of the textures aren't the greatest, obviously, because of the budget. But that was the one thing that shocked me was, you know, the backdrops and stuff. I thought they did that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah, I think like you play other games like Fantasy Star Online 2 or um, Breath of the Wild, and it feels like an AI environment created. Whereas with Shenmue 3, it feels like someone went through and created every square inch, you know, like designed it specifically to look the way it did. And a part of that's because Shenmue 3 isn't really open world. It's, it's still a small area compared mm. to those games. But it just, when I play it, nothing seems randomized, really, outside of maybe the Blades of Grass. But it seems like a lot of thought was put into where rocks were, where, um, where you know, the, the environment would kind of go up a mm. hill, like those sorts of things. Yeah. And when you, when you look at older assets, you do see that carrying over. So it's, it's got to be planned out, you know, in my mind. But in any way... Um, you know, when when this campaign kicked off, I feel like people thought something was coming. I don't remember what I re what I was thinking when I saw this, but the day before Yu Suzuki actually tweeted out, and I have the picture, the link for it here. Um, he said, "I found it on E3." That's the translation. It was just mm. a photo of a forklift. Yeah. And I remember seeing this and thinking, "Oh, he's at E3. He saw a forklift. That's cool." And then I was thinking, "Wait, why is he there?" Like, I guess he's just there because he's part of the industry and he's trying to, you know, rub shoulder, rub elbow, elbows with people. But, they I don't also, know, like, looking back, he, like, what do you think? Um, well, they, they also had that, that story about how he was meeting with uh, Sony's 
publishing, and then that uh, that also kind of did. Remember, they were doing like Sony at this point was doing this mm. whole like campaign where they were like, "What do you want to see on PlayStation?" And then they were right. trying to make it happen. They kind of like actually stopped doing that, which is actually kind of dumb. But uh, this was one of the projects that people really, really wanted, and I guess Sony helped create it. Another one was <laughs> yeah. uh, Yakuza Five coming to America. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's so, right. And there were there are instances of that within Sago. There was that leaked footage of um, Yakuza Seven that people thought was a April Fool's joke. Oh yes, um, where the guy was, was filming also... it from behind the couch. Yeah, exactly. There was also, um, I, I'm, I think it's Simon Thomley, who uh, is headcanon for Sonic Mania. And I realized that he was dropping hints of Sonic Mania for like months before the reveal. Um, because he was like, he was like, oh, I need money. I need a project. And he goes, oh, I got a really cool project. Oh, and then he started following like all of these Sonic accounts. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it was like, mm, should have known. But I, we did know, actually. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, the announcement itself, like, as we saw with that reaction, it was big. It actually won awards. The announcement, just him saying <laughs> that the game was coming out was, was award winning already. Um, the game also was, uh, given most anticipated awards at E3, uh, sales of used Dreamcasts shot up at this time because the original game was a console exclusive so people were like oh i want to play shenmue one again oh i don't have it i sold my dreamcast um the kickstarter though it, it showed a tentative date of december 2017 and it had a funding goal of two million dollars however so low. it's solo but like most kickstarters the project would become to become closer to the creator's vision they would have to hit stretch goals and um do you support kickstarters all that much anymore you know what? I haven't in, in a long time, and it's not mm -hmm. because like um, I don't believe in any of the projects. I've been kind of, I mean, I've been broke. Like, there's so many pro like there's so many games coming out where you're like, oh, I want to pick that up on limited run mm -hmm. games. Oh, 150 bucks. Oh, all right, I have to chill. Right. All this vitals yeah. coming out. You know, there's so much stuff coming out that it's like you have to cut back something sometimes. And it's I've been Kickstarter's. I know what you mean. Yeah, I I actually back probably one Kickstarter every six months or something, but I've really shifted to people who I, I have a connection to, like I maybe know someone who knows the person or I know their past work so that I know they, they, they aren't just like blowing steam that they're actually going to release something. Actually, a mm. lot of the Kickstarters I back now are people who use it as just a pre-order method. That's probably there's the this best. guy. Yeah. There's this guy who does uh, tra trading cards and he he basically says during the Kickstarter before it ends, I already have all the cards like uh, designed. I just need the money for printing them. And his 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 like goal is so low that he always meets it and exceeds it by like thousands. And he always um, he never does stretch goals. He'll just be like, Oh, I happen to make a bunch of money. I'll give you guys two like double. You know, like he just throws all these cool incentives at you. Another one are like book uh, books um, where the book's already designed and they just need printing costs. So that's really what I've done now. Back then, though, when Shenmue was coming out, I I was backing more Kickstarters like this where the, the project wasn't even a reality yet. Oh, yeah. And, and there are so many 
Dreamcast indie Dreamcast games that I have backed that have either disappointed me or have never come out. And so I've made it I've made it a kind of unfortunately I've made it kind of a decision that I will never back indie Dreamcast games ever again. And even when it comes to reporting them on Segabits, when they like reach out to us, I'll be like, I'll do it, but I'm not gonna tell people to back you. And you'll if you see my articles, I'm typically like I'm not telling you to back this in any way. You can check them out. You know, like, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not like, I'm not a pitch person. You're not paying me, you know, but I, I feel like Shenmue is the last Kickstarter where I really, I, I didn't have that uh, uh, level of, um, I guess, like negativity towards it. Mm. I was really excited. Um, and so, yeah, but talking about the stretch goals, uh, he wanted to include things like a rapport, rapport system uh, where character interactions change depending on player choices. He wanted a skill tree system for the fighting component. Um, expand The big thing were expanded villages. So for the, all the areas in the game, he wanted more mini games, more events, more quests, uh, ragdoll physics. I remember, and I didn't put it in the notes, but there was this really funny thing where he's like, I want to have a special additional scene for a fan favorite character. Do you remember this? No, I don't remember this. And what was, was the fan like, favorite they, character? Well, they did a poll, and it was like, um, there were even characters from Shenmue 1 and 2, so you're like, oh, are we going to get a flashback scene? This is really cool. And I was like, I think I picked Goro, because I'm like, I want to have a Goro scene. Of course. And guess who the winner was? <laughs> it was such bullshit. Who? It was Ryo. Ah. I'm like, he's... He's the star of the game. Why he do we need more? an extra scene with him? He needs another one, dude. There's not enough. And I'll bet Suzuki was like rubbing his hands. He's like, let's just make the game as is and they can guess which one's the extra scene. Um, but Goro Suzuki showing say, up? Would it be sick? I know. Goro just shows up in a flat. <laughs> well, like in a dream. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> it would be no, great. Dude. It's like, it's no. just, he has a dream of everyone, not Nozomi. It's Goro. <laughs> I love it, dude. Um, but but Suzuki actually said for the game to be the true open world experience that he he envisioned, he would need to raise at least ten million dollars. Whoa! I don't think that's that um, bad for an open world game. And it's not because, as you will soon learn, the campaign actually earned one million in under two hours. So I was out at the movie. By the time I got home, the campaign was half funded. And it met its $2 million goal in less than nine hours. So we wake up the next morning and the game's funded. Um, it's crazy. On July 17th, 2015, when the came, campaign came to an end, Suzuki raised close to $6.3 million from 69,000 backers. And despite the campaign ending and making over half of what his dream goal of um, $10 million was, a slacker backer campaign kicked off in September of that year, which saw the total increase to $7,179,510 from 81,087 backers total across Kickstarter and the Slacker Backer campaign. And actually combined with Sony and Deep Silver's additional funding, the, the final budget for the project was actually 20 million. So he got double his dream. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Um, Go on. I was going to say, you're going to say the question, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, how much did you end up giving them? Um, I think I only did the game, the one with the uh, case. Um, I, well, I ended up giving them more because I bought like other versions. Capsules. 
Yeah. I got the capsules, yeah. And um, so like 80 or something. I forgot how much it was. And then I also bought the... I I also bought the limited run game special edition. So I mean, does that count? I don't know. And mm. I bought other versions of the game. I think I I think I have another version of it somewhere. I I didn't get the picks in love. I know they had a bunch of versions of it. Yeah, yeah. We'll run through them all in order at okay. the end. Um, um, but, but yeah, I, I I backed the um, the game with the slipcover and yeah. and. The big thing for me, though, was the um, trial version because I wanted to play the game early. And I believe you could only do that at $100 or above. Oh, then I gave Um, that up then because I had the trial version too. Yeah. And there was also a big thing was the international phone card, which was also, I think, at a certain tier. And for me, it wasn't so much the tchotchkes. Like, I'm a big fan of all the little goodies but they were just too far out of my price range oh yeah um even to get the suzuki's autograph i think it was like 500 dollars or something crazy Oof. and i about actually the dinner? oh the dinner was thousands but yeah. what's kind of funny is that i later on actually did get you suzuki's autograph i have and i just i'm thinking about it now i totally forgot i have his autograph it's on the dreamcast um collected works book i believe oh and he, there was um, very limited quantities that was kind of like snatch them up as soon as you can. And I think someone either dropped their pledge and I jumped on it or or, or something. But there was him. There was um, the, the Sonic artist, I think, uh, Yukawa. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, and then like someone else. But I'm like, out of all these guys, Yu Suzuki is the one you want to get. And so for like, a, like 150 bucks, I got Yu Suzuki's autograph in the book. Compared to 500 bucks for Shenmue 3. So I thought that was a pretty big win. Um, but yeah, yeah. For me, it was really gameplay. Anything gameplay that I would be missing out on, I wanted. Mm. Um, so that was really the phone card. But what what were your thoughts on the campaign in general and Slackerback? Because we're not going to spend too much time on mm. it. I want to really get into the game. I, I You know, I, I don't mind Slackerback. If you want, like if they wanted to do additional stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they could do it. I don't. I don't really care about companies, you know, asking for more money for their projects, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I, I didn't put more money into it because I was like, I already paid like, like you said, over a hundred for the uh, early access for the site. Um, outside of that, like I, my whole thought about the Kickstarter campaign was just how like um, I don't know mismanaged it felt. Like I felt like it was done by like fans sometimes. And there was like no communication. Right. The communication was really bad. Um, Yuzuzuki's like whole press tour was basically whatever their fans did. I think they had like a co- convention over there in I forgot where some European country, right? And they and so like w- he didn't have interviews with IGN really. He didn't really have interviews with mainstream press. Definitely not interviews with like um, Sega bits. Like we couldn't just ask him questions about the Kickstarter and like like they would never message you back for the kickstarter campaign it was weird but um i felt like they could have done that better like i think they would have raised more money if they actually did it like yuzuzuki legendary uh you know uh legendary producer goes to ign and they go on a podcast or something right with a translator right right exactly and yeah from what i remember they were kind of very scattershot with the updates after the campaign ended um, they did a lot of them, but they never really gave you much information. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping they would do ones where it would just be like a camera filming development for like 
six hours and you just get the raw footage like anything you know to really just show yes we are working on the project like maybe have us sit in on one meeting or something i feel but like instead they gave yeah i was gonna say that i feel like there was more footage of them working on shimmy one than there was working on this game right exactly yeah. and um and there's actually a clip that we'll play after a little bit here but yeah from what i remember like i was waiting for development videos forever and i think they finally did one but it was considered like update number 59 but like video number one so when you did 59 kickstarter updates and your first video finally arrives of development that late and then they didn't even do that many more there was that guy in the weird hospital scrubs remember that yes yes yeah yeah we'll see him in a moment but it i wasn't disappointed like part of me was like all right just work on the game don't spend so much time like being a social media manager. Like if you didn't hire someone to do that, that's fine because you're saving money. But at the very least, like maybe, you know, pass the camera around, just throw something up there. You don't have to be super eloquent in your um, in your updates. Just tell us anything. And so as we run through the development process here, you're going to see kind of like me just jump ahead two years because there was really radio silence on the development side. And it wasn't until like obscure, like French gaming conventions that we would learn anything. And that's mm. what pissed me off. Cause I'm like, Oh, I gave you a hundred bucks, but screw me. Cause I'm don't live. I don't live in like some European country where you just happen to be doing a convention and you're showing footage there. Like show me that footage first. Why am I not seeing it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm an investor pretty much. So um, but, but I, I think we're actually getting into the controversy here. So, you know, what is a Kickstarter without a little controversy? Um, during the campaigns, there were articles popping up claiming that the campaign was a scam. Um, and the finished product would no way compare to the multi-million Sega-funded originals. I know for my part, I was joking online saying Yu Suzuki was just buying sports cars with the money <laughs> and like driving around, you know, California and like giving the finger to people. Um, uh, but also after the Kickstarter launched, it was revealed that Sony would be helping fund the project. I was happy with that, but there were people who were upset that they were getting more money, money from more money. Yeah. But I, I think looking back now, it's like Sony was probably helping only for the, the PS4 port and probably only for promotion on the PS4. So they probably weren't going, you know, like, oh, you want to work with Steam? None of that money goes over there. You know, like I'm sure they were dictating uh, what the money was used for. Um, also, pre-release footage and screenshots were criticized as being like oddly animated, not appearing to look like the characters. Um, there was also anger behind the PC version being an Epic exclusive, mm. uh, though it was announced that backers could choose their platform, but then later on that changed and they just started giving refunds to people who didn't want to wait for the exclusivity to end. So that, that sucked. Um, yeah. that really sucked. That um, was a big, big ball drop on their part. Um, drop the ball. Oh yeah, for also. sure. Um, yeah. one of the questions here is obviously if I'm, what upset me about the Kickstarter or whatever. Um, yeah. I didn't like that when they did the exclusivity, like if you weren't paying attention, like at the updates, I think they gave yeah. you two weeks to ask for a refund back. And if not, then you're stuck with the Epic key. Personally, I don't mm -hmm. care. I, I wanted a refund to change it to something else. I think the PS4 
four version I wanted, or I, I remember to... that you were you were like, oh, I guess I'll change it. And the, and they they didn't let me. They were like basically only two weeks, and I thought it was kind of slimy that like you're gonna get paid by Epic to make it exclusive, but yet you can't give refunds to people that are asking you for refunds. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 oh, besides these two weeks, I was like, that's that's pretty slimy. I mean. I, I don't agree with that. Um, do I care that they made it exclusive? We got to start thinking about the big picture, right? We funded the game. We obviously gave a, a damn about the game to give it our money. Do you want right. them to have a lower budget and release a worse game? Or do you want them to do deals where it makes the game better for you? Right. So yeah. that's also well, something. I, yeah, I experienced that with the um, Mystery Science Theater 3000 Kickstarter where they revealed after funding concluded that they were like, we're going to shop the show around and find uh, a, a partner to like air it in some capacity. But Kickstarter backers will get to see the episode first, no question. And then they were like, oh, we're working with Netflix. And people were like, what? It's going to be on Netflix? But I wanted to just, like, they had weird reasons. And I'm like, but Netflix is a big get, and you're still going to get to see it first. But they're complaining that people who, you know, dropped $100 or something to see it first could have waited two months after they got mm. to see it to, to, like, see it for their Netflix feed. But, you know, but, so, like... Did you they get, like, a digital download of it, or did they have to watch it on Netflix? No, you got a digital download that you could keep for yourself, like that's zero fine. DRM. So yeah. that's fine. Like if Shenmue 3 did that, that would have been awesome. They didn't, yeah. though. No. Um, Shenmue 3 did it the other way. That's that's like if Mystery Science Theater was like, oh, it's going to be on Netflix and you guys have to wait. But it is your digital copy. Yeah, uh, that would have been terrible. You know, that's kind of like what um, Zack Snyder's Justice League did when it came to 4K I got the disc and I looked inside and there was no code. There was just a sheet telling me to subscribe to HBO Max. And I'm like, oh, oh I don't get a digital copy. Oh, what? There, <laughs> it was there like, is... that's your digital copy. Wait, there's no physical version of Justice the Snyder Cut? No, there is, but there's no digital copy inside. The digital copy is what's on HBO Max. So wait, like if you buy the game, the thing, it just comes with an HBO Max subscription or what? Like, no, no, no. It, oh, it comes okay. With sorry, sorry. The 4k okay. and Blu-ray Got discs, you. but yeah. So it's kind of like, I feel like digital's always been super iffy, kind of tricky to work with in that regard, because mm. there's situations like this where it's like, there's no discs. So they could very well make it, you know, like an Epic Games exclusive or something. Um, talking of development, so Shenmue 3, it was developed by Suzuki Studio Ysnet, YSnet, um, with Sony and Shibuya Productions providing production, marketing, and publishing support. The original Shenmue director, Kenji Okayasu, oversaw development. The scriptwriter... Masahiro Yoshimoto returned to work on the story, and Hiroaki Takeuchi returned as an advisor on animation and animatics. Also returning was character designer Kenji Miyawaki, who who uh, cited Shenmue as the title he was closest attached to, and vowed not to die until another game was made. Um, he made it. <laughs> he did make it, and here we have our favorite guy in Hospital Scrubs. Oh no. Um, we don't have to watch the whole thing, but just gives I'll, you an idea of what the studio looks like. All right, I'll play it up. It's like a weird audio. Yeah, right? 
Oh. But look, it's happening. They're I love that they it. use the same, uh, <laughs> like, screen, the black screen, the Frasier screen. Mm -hmm. He has a copy of Shenmue the movie on his desk. Do you see that? Oh, he's probably just finished watching it. Yeah. Look how much detail the polygons have, but sometimes, I don't know. Uh, but what annoyed me at the time was this is only two minutes and this is the 59th development report that finally has a video. And uh, I just kind of wish, I wish they sat there a little bit longer. But what's cool is they show a scene from the Dreamcast version. Yeah, you and see that he's trying to match. They're using they're using a Unreal Engine four. It looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. I wonder. I don't know. Like, it would be cool if they like did an update to it. I know it's had six updates, but like, it, I think it's so close to being perfected. Like playing it, I was like, so close to being perfected. You know. But yeah, two minutes. Mm. It just feels like a bunch of random scenes of them, like, uh, looking... I mean, they're showing you the scenes and the animation on there, but, like, what's your what was your thoughts? It looks like a really small studio, because, like, when you seen the old Shimu studios, it was, like, a gazillion computers, sculptures. It's like they were over the top, you know? What do you think about this, like, look? It looks like a little office, right? Well, you bring that up, and that's because, uh, you know, the previous games, they had a staff of 250 to 300 people, but Shenmue 3's core team um, was 75 people, and you've got to imagine some of those are probably in other countries, maybe, working remotely, um, some of them aren't in the office, so you got to imagine, like, that that right there is, you know, a bulk of the core development team, at least, Um there were a hundred outsourced roles, not counting the voice cast. So maybe when you include the voice cast, it <laughs> it adds yeah. twelve people or something. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of the voice actors, fans they did see returning actors, including Rio's Japanese and English voice actors, uh, Masaya Matsukaze and mm. Corey Marshall. Um, there was also an audio cameo from Liesel Wilkerson in the. Uh, the phone call and if you are listening to this we actually have Liesl coming back on swing and report show she was on our 75th show and she will be on our 100 something show uh next wednesday at 6 45 p.m pacific so that'll be a lot of fun we're gonna bring up shenmue 3 we're gonna bring up the anime and all that sort of stuff uh she's a friend of the show and so i'm looking forward to talking with her um but outside of that they recast a lot of the uh, English language actors, oh, yeah. including Ling Shenhua, who is played by a newcomer, uh, Brianna Knickerbocker. Uh, <laughs> Kyle McCarley played Lan Di, and Judgment's own Greg Chun played fan, fan favorite Ren Wu Ying. Um, and interestingly, a bulk of the Japanese cast were also recast, but all those actors returned for the anime. Um, Disappointingly, though, for the anime, not that this is the anime podcast, um, Segata Sanshiro himself did not return to voice Ryo's father, which disappointed me. That is a big disappointment, uh, right? Huge, huge, huge. Um, so, and that explains why Ryo had a Saturn, when you think about it. Oh, it's yeah. It's like his dad is Segata Sanshiro, so he's like, I've had this for thousands of years. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, 
the game's music, it was a mix of old, new, mm. and previously unused uh, tracks. Composer Ryuchi uh, returned to provide new music. So, in all, what, what are your thoughts on the old and new staff working on the game, and what did you think of the new English actors? And maybe the music, too. What are um, your thoughts? I thought they were all right. I th- some of them were, like, really... Like, you could tell they were really trying to uh, mimic the other people. I think Greg, Greg Chun's actually a really good voice actor. He has a, uh, he plays the lead role of Ikigami or whatever on Judgment, and he plays uh, mm-hmm. Nanba in Yakuza 7. He does great in both of those roles. So I'm happy that he has another, like, big character in a Sega game that he's uh, voicing. Um, outside of that, the music, I love the old music, obviously. Like, I, I think right when you hear it, you know it's, it, it puts you back in the mood, right? Um, the new music was fine. It, I, um, I didn't think it was terrible. Would I buy, like, a $150 vinyl box set with it? No. Um, right. I, 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 didn't, I thought the music was good. I didn't think it was, like, as groundbreaking as the first two. And you could tell that like a lot of the Sega veterans were in there to put their stamp on it, which kind of sucks. Right. But yeah. it is, you know, at this budget, you can't really afford to have, uh, I think what would, what do we say in Shimmy two had 15 people working on the music or something. So you can't have, yeah, yeah you can't Huge. have that many. Yeah. No. So reusing, no, but... reusing was smart. Yeah. And at this point, they're three games deep. They've got, tons of unused music Mm -hmm. so i i don't see a problem there i think though if if and when they make a fourth game or even a fifth game they've got to like start from scratch they can't keep reusing stuff from one through three outside of maybe the main theme you know so i think music's probably going to become more of a a a money hole (laughs) for the future games if they want to keep it sounding fresh um yeah, you know, but despite lacking the resources that Sega did have, I what really worked in their favor was that so much time had passed between two and three that innovations that they were trying to basically create at the time were now standard features in game development. Um, you know, just a sign of how much the industry has progressed since Shenmue 2. Oh, yeah. Um, but despite the ease of development, Suzuki, you know, being you, Suzuki... Uh, he said in a Retro Gamer magazine interview that he wished he could create a game a hundred times more easily than he can right now, which makes sense to him because he's not really a coder. He's not the guy who's in the weeds. So I can imagine he would love to just be like, move things around with his mind and just be oh. like, there's a game done. And probably would be cheaper for him too, you know? Yeah. Um <laughs> One thing Suzuki cited as not improving since the 90s was hair animation. Um, Lon D was originally going to have long flowing hair, but they had to tie it up uh, due to limitations in character animation. Do you you believe that, though? I've seen some really realistic hair. I don't know if you've seen the new, like, uh, Horizon Dawn game, but, like, it's ridiculous what they're getting away with right now. But you're not. But Horizon also has millions of dollars. I bet oh, they have for sure. just for, for hair. For sure. But you're right. But I think there's no. What he was probably saying was that there's no out of box software anymore. Yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. For that. So you know, it's it's unfortunate, but whatever. You know, we just tie your hair up, and then you don't have to spend so much money. Exactly. Um, uh, Suzuki also admitted to altering his story since Shenmue Two, saying it's. 
it's not shortening the story, but making some changes to tell it more efficiently. Mm. In November 2015, Suzuki traveled to China to promote the game and research locations. Oh my God. During a presentation at China's Chuap conference, he spoke of the progress the team made and that baseline research with Unreal Engine 4 had begun and that the team was using Shenmue 2 characters to run simple battle tests. So this is starting to get to the point where he kind of shared more at these conventions than he did on actual Kickstarter, which was kind of annoying. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> um, as you'll see, February 2016, he presented weather effects, lighting, and music at the Monaco Anime Game International Conference and by the end of that year said the game had left pre-production and motion capture and voiced tests were underway. In June 2017, the expected happened. I, I saw it coming. Uh, Yu Suzuki announced that the game was delayed to the second half of 2018, saying that they were utilizing new technologies and that the game would become bigger and more beautiful than expected. And in August of that year, it was announced that Deep Silver would publish the game globally and the partnership would allow for a larger scale and open world elements. So at, at this point, how were you feeling? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I was feeling a little upset that like Deep Silver is publishing the game and they were looking for a, a publisher and Sega's like, eh, we're good. And I'm like, really? Like you couldn't just put your, like it would have been nice to just buy the game with the Sega sticker on it. I know, nostalgia, right. sorry guys. But um, and I mean, we knew it was going to be delayed. I mean, the whole him saying it's going to be bigger and more beautiful, I think I'm going to start using that as an excuse when I'm like, right. in the holidays when I'm eating, I'm going to be like, I'm just trying to get more bigger and beautiful people. Just bigger and more beautiful. <laughs> um, what was your uh, thoughts on uh, the Deep Silver public? Like, a lot of people hated it, and they were like, Deep Silver's terrible. Uh, what was your I mean, I guess. Because they did Mighty well, Number 9. Remember? Right, but lucky me, I didn't really know that much about Deep Silver, so I didn't come in with any negative feelings mm. towards them. But I did, you know, I I do read comments, hear what people say. So yeah, the Mighty Number no. Nine thing definitely made me go, hmm, yeah. Um, I will say though, you know, the game Sega is on the box. It's just like super tiny in the white oh. <laughs> little legal legal print there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sega has more of a presence on Bayonetta 2 than they do on Shenmue 3, which is kind of disappointing. They do have um, a lot of Sega stuff, which kind of surprised me. Like, I thought that all the footage from Dreamcast probably wasn't going to be used in this game, but they do have a lot. I was surprised. That's true. I also think you actually do see the Sega logo in the game on, like, capsule machines. I could be wrong. The capsules themselves aren't Sega, but which I'm pretty was a sure. Big disappointment. I was like, I wish they would have just you know dreamcast era and all that they were doing would have been sick right. or like new arcade machines that they were doing but like i felt like i don't know maybe you was like there's not even chance that we make these 3d models and say it says no <laughs> that's a good point yeah um things progressed though uh august 2017 a trailer was released but it was met with mixed reactions. Let, oh. Let's check it out now and share our own reactions. Oh, we'll God. react. All right, I'll play. I'm going to play it at the Yeastnet Presents uh, 103. All right, one, two, three. Uh-oh, I guess I didn't play it. Let me play it. One, two, three. You know, so right away, it's like the backgrounds look fine, I think. That was mm -hmm. like the, the biggest, you know, thing. Music is great. Um, 
Oh my god, the faces are uh, pretty uh, cute. <laughs> yeah, the faces. Yeah, Rio's got. He's mad. He looks he like, looks like uh, a Vulcan. He looks like uh, Kazuma when he's like randomly here's mad. A, a big reveal, and I didn't really touch on it. The well, no, I do. The logo. The logo's new. Oh yeah, this ugly guy. Didn't they change that model? That guy? I think they might have a little bit. It looked a lot better than this the actual game, so. Yeah. Hmm. But we, we don't need to watch all the full trailers, but it just gives you an idea. It's almost over. I, I, I think the environments are quite beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, I think the character models, it was forgivable at the time because you're like, well, it's still in progress. Um, but yeah, yeah. Here's my um, issue though too, like the actual art and the actual like presentation in Shimmy One and Two is so much better than Three. Like sometimes, like we're here where it says produced and directed by Yuzuzuki, it's like the spacing on by and then Yuzuzuki is like five spaces, and then it's like I don't know, it's just like kind of amateurish. Like the promo materials ran, you know, amateurish. Right. It's like you know what I mean. It's like I'm like what or the UI in the game looks amateurish. That was my biggest issue. It was like stuff that wasn't budget related. It was oh, just art related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not even we're not even at the final game yet, but yeah, the menu screen is atrocious. It's like meme, you know, when you do memes, like the bottom text, upper text. Yeah, it's that sort of font on the on the menu, the in-game menu, which just shocked me because I think originally it was more of like a, a, it was still a basic looking font, but it looked nice. It didn't look just like blah, you know, like start, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, my face when my boss catches me on the computer looking at face, you know, like it yeah. was. It just looked like meme font. Um, but the other big thing with the reveal was the new logo. Oh, you got and mad so, at this, huh? I I don't know how I feel about it now. You let's, cried. Let's talk you about cried. I remember I you were crying. No, <laughs> just I didn't. Let's let's look at the logo though. There's um, phantomriverstone.com, which is a great uh, resource oh, for yeah. Shenmue content. Um, also, Shenmue Dojo. If I'm going to throw that out there, those are two good resources. Um, they shared this little article about the logo. So, at, for the Kickstarter launch, there was that first one you see there, the old papyrus font. I hated mm. that one. Yeah, you did. Uh, the Shenmue 3, the classic one in the classic style, um, was revised at the end of June. So that one started to get used, and you go, oh, okay, this looks nice. It kind of looks like Shenmue 1 and 2 um, style. But then the bottom is the final logo mm. seen at Gamescom. And this was actually addressed in a Kickstarter update from Yu Suzuki, uh, who said that he designed and drew the logo himself. So there's these really funny pictures of him with a calligraphy brush <laughs> standing yeah. over uh, the number 500k a reference to Shenmue 500k Facebook group maybe. What? Where's Sega Bits one? I don't know but <laughs> I'm just going to say Shenmue 500k I've never really liked them they're very pushy, very mean um, very entitled Aggressive. and they throw around the, yeah and they throw around the 500k as though that's their 
their numbers. That's what they aspire to. That's like me saying, oh, my name's Barry One Billion. They're like, what's the one billion? How much money you have? And I'm like, no, it's what I want. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't really work. Uh, looking at their group right now, they have 22,000 members. That's pretty Far good. Far cry. Yeah, but it's not 500,000. Oh, no, but they're they're getting closer every day. <laughs> every day. Um, so, yeah, so Suzuki said, I wanted to bring home the Shenmue logo because this belongs to all of you, and I know how passionate everyone feels about it. As a result, I felt the design would come more from the heart. So with more than a bit of trepidation, I took brush to hand. I believe we have reached a design that will please, but let me know what you think. And and I think I was like, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, what are your thoughts about the the new logo? Hmm. I mean, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I like the middle one the best out of these three. Um, besides that, like weird bloom effect they put on Photoshop to make it like you know, like the sun's shining on it. I feel like if it was mm -hmm. just more of a flat. I like the cursive. Uh, I always thought the cursive was cool. I'm assuming they changed it because uh, everyone's like, no one knows how to read cursive anymore. So. Definitely have to Maybe. change that. Yeah, I went. I, I did one time. I did a, a job thing, and they were like, "Write cursive," and I was like, "What the?" F I was like, "All right, um, okay." They wanted to see if I could read cursive, but I'm like, "Who knows how to write cursive anymore?" Do you? If you set me down, I think I could do it, but not like perfect. Yeah, know? I was, but yeah, I, which one do you like the best? I like the middle one just because I like the consistency. It, it Even if the Sega logo is not on the box, at least the Shenmue logo will be. I just think the one he did, even though it's his own hand, it looks kind of amateurish. The H looks a little weird. The E's look inconsistent. It just kind of like falls apart in the middle. I think the S is kind of cool. Like it's an interesting shape. It's not even like – it's, it's not a font because like the E's are no. different. No, no, no. It's it's it's, and I wouldn't even say it's calligraphy, because it calligraphy looks a lot better. Um, so yeah, it just nah. I'm it reminds kinda... me of those weird like underground bands that are trying to copy runes. You know, like the way the runes look like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'll stop giving him a hard time. Well, yeah. let's move on. But yeah, I, I was never really a big fan of the logo. Um, in May 2018, another delay hit, this time pushing the game to 2019. And in August of 2018, a new trailer debuted, giving the release date of August 27th, 2019. So let's see how that compares to so, the previous trailer. Is this the one with Yu Suzuki right in the beginning of the trailer, the Gamescom one? It is, yeah. All right. All right. Sick laptop, though. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Wow. Good games come would be said. The, have a Please good one. Wow. Her model looks cleaner here. It looks better. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. I think this this rip just has like a bad frame rate. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The frame rate's all screwy on the the rip. Yeah. Did wait? Okay, never mind. This is in the second village, not the village, the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
when I this, saw this, I actually thought it looked really good. This yeah, kind of this is the trailer that made me feel good about the game. Yeah, I agree. It looks a lot better than the other one we saw with the weird faces. Mm-hmm. Like Landi and Rio look like themselves. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot of wonky and, uh, models, but not Landis. <laughs> and seeing the logo written like that with the brush kind of softened it a little for me. Like, I'm still not a big fan of it, but I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, I don't think the original Shenmue logos were ever written out like that. No, um, it wasn't. And it actually makes sense because if you remember when they used to do the marketing for Shenmue, they actually kind of did a lot of that, like... The Yuzuzuki looked like it was a signature on the on the cover, on the back of the cover and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the release date stuck, but they still started releasing more trailers at in anticipation. So March 2019, um, another trailer hit, this time showcasing improved facial animations and showed even more gameplay footage. So this is the um, Magic, Magic Johnson. Oh, uh, 2019 trailer. Okay, I got yeah. you. Um, no, okay. Starts off a little slow. All right, Shimmy Three with the rose petals. Mm-hmm. Cherry blossoms. Or uh, petals. cherry blossoms. Yeah, yeah. He's dead. I remember this part of the game. See, yeah, this guy right here. See, they put his fight in the other one with a different character. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love his haircut. But just, it looks a lot more like what I expected the game to look like. Mm. I think the facial animation on Ryo is a lot better. Oh, yeah. The, the Japanese so. voice actor is doing a good job compared to, you know. Well, yeah, and we hear him now in the anime, so it, it goes to show you how skilled at least the Japanese um, Ryo actor is. And he's the one consistent voice you have for Ryo throughout all the games, all the media. I don't think there's been another Japanese Ryo. Same with Sonic. Sonic's been the same since 98, you know? Oh, yeah. This drunk guy that just makes you do a bunch of grinding? Screw him, dude. I hate him. <laughs> oh, yeah. The sparring? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do fight that fat guy. I forgot. Sort of. You Bonk. spar. Mm-hmm. I did notice they're trying to like not show off the game the actual fighting for the trailers yeah 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 that's a that, that was a pretty good trailer I think that hyped me up a little more than the um I thought it would have you know what I mean because like yeah, the animation's a lot. I, there was those trailers, like the other one, that, that had really wonky facial stuff. This is a lot better for sure. Right, exactly. And, you know, it, as I mentioned again and again, 
August 27th, 2019, that was the date, right? That No, I'm just kidding. It was delayed again. No. Um, to, <laughs> it was. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is... This is the delay I forgot about when I was doing the notes for this. I was like, oh, my God, they did delay it again. Uh, they delayed it to November 19th, 2019. Um, but to to make us not so pissed off, they did give us <laughs> one more trailer. This time the Gamescom 2019 A Day in Shenmue trailer. So let's let's check that out. Wow, two minutes is one day in Shenmue. Let's see. T for team. One hour is. Let's see. Oh my god. This is the second city you go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the kid with, like, a sticker <laughs> on his head. <laughs> Let's go to the arcade. Actually, it's funny that the second city has so much stuff to do that to the point where I'm, like, getting lost. It's like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. That car game I really liked, though, because it reminded me of a Turbo and those, like, electrical early Sega games like Periscope. Right. Yeah. And it makes sense, too. They wouldn't have, like, a fully functional outrun cabinet in, like, this Riverside town. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> but it looks nice. I think this I looks it. really great. Yeah. Like the lighting here in the dark? Mm-hmm. This looks like Shenmue 1, like, straight up. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the... The worst part of the game is the combat system, in my opinion. It's so bad. Like, I'm like, oh, there's like little things that they changed that would make me like the game a lot more. Which I guess we'll no talk spoilers. about later. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> They're showing a lot of combat here. I'm surprised. We'll love it or hate it. Combat's like half of Shenmue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And in this game, actually, like, in the first half of the village, there's not that much fighting. I think there's one big fight. So it's a lot more mm -hmm. story-based. This is nothing. I'll be fine. This is so nothing. That, <laughs> so, and it was nothing. But, you know, finally, uh, even though we didn't get the game until November 19th, there was an actual demo, as promised. And I was afraid they were going to back out on that because that was one of the Kickstarter perks i was like nah they're not gonna even give us a demo but they did um Surprising. it was yeah and so what were your your thoughts on the demo did you well, play much of it yeah i played it i actually played it quite a bit i um i played it twice um all the way through i just wanted to make sure that i had everything correct that i thought about i even did the whole like leaving the game and seeing what the npcs do obviously their routine isn't as advanced as the dreamcast games it was like Mm -hmm. Some of them wake up, they do their karate. It's like all the villagers only had like two or three things to do, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so like at that point, I was just seeing what I could get, you know, how many lines characters had, um, what, how do I get to one point to one point? Can I do it in a different way, in a unique way? Right. Like, that's the thing with Shimyu that makes it so interesting that uh, if you talk to certain people, especially in this game later on, you'll get to your point in a different direction sometimes than you uh, somebody else would. Just wanted to see what I could get away with, but yeah. Right. Um, early yeah, on, so I just didn't like the, the, the combat, and I already told you, but yeah, that was my only kind of big issue. But what about you? What do you think about the demo? 
Um, I thought it was cool. It was just kind of surreal to be playing with. It almost felt like naughty. Like I was like, <laughs> do I want to really play this? Because I should really wait till I play the actual game. But it didn't really spoil the experience for me. Um, it did put me at ease, though. Like a lot of things I was questioning um, were kind of answered. I was like, okay, they nailed this. They nailed that. It looks good. I'm looking forward to it. Um and, you know, not too much time passed, so I didn't really have much time to play the demo on and off because November 19th came around, Shenmue uh, 2, which released, um, you know, 18 years prior. We finally had three in hand. Um, unfortunately, George, I'm going to have to say we're going to have to delay talking about this until a future Sega talk because it's just running long. We'll, we'll talk about Shenmue 3 another time. Uh, oh, next good. episode is the conduit for the Wii. So, no, I'm just kidding. We're not. We're, we're going to actually cover it. We're not going to delay it like Yu Suzuki did so many times. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shenmue 3, it actually begins where fans left Rio in Shenhua in the mysterious cave located in the outskirts of Wheelan Village. Um, having it obtained the Sword of Seven Stars, which actually is more like a dagger. It's smaller mm-hmm. than you think. Um, the pair set off. It you you think it was, but I think it always was intended to be a dagger. Um, but the, the pair set off for the first area in the game, which is Bailu Village. Um, the area is well known to Shenmue superfans who caught glimpses of the area in beta screenshots and early versions of Shenmue Two. And we have here some screens. Um, it's like a screenshot slide slideshow. Mm, I'll, yeah, I'll uh, on this, this YouTube video. Yeah, this is when they hacked the game. I remember people were posting this on forums. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is interesting because it's like the fact that they had all this already planned out. And this is the village. Like, legit, if you play the game, th- these are like you memor- you know some of these sections when you play it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, here's- so it's it's pretty cool to look at these and see... Yeah. Just just how well it compares. Um, so people can check this out for themselves too. It's about two minutes of just flipping through screenshots. But it's just very cool to see the Dreamcast models doing things that you actually do experience in Shenmue 3. So it does show you... A bike? That, that he, well, the bike we didn't see. <laughs> yeah. But they, they definitely didn't veer too far off of the, the planned uh, plot. Um, so kind of cool. Um, and we're going to have some gameplay footage of the final game playing as we talk now about the, uh, the plot and the game itself. So if, if you want to put that on there, we can have it playing. This comes courtesy of just so I can credit the guy or girl odd guy. It's Joshi ball. No oh. commentary gameplay. Gotta love it when they put no commentary. So you, get, you get to see the the meme um, text <laughs> there. But this, oh. um, there were intro movies too, which were actually a Kickstarter uh, stretch goal, which surprised me. I guess doing this was <laughs> cost money for them. Who knows? Um, but just kind of a nice way to recap the series. And it would be probably like the third recap that exists of Shenmue up to this point. I feel like... Just in terms of- yeah. I feel like Yu Suzuki's probably recapped the story way too many times where he's like, oh, God, all right, 
Let me tell you Shenmue, how it went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Shenmue 2 has a recap of one, and then the Xbox One has the movie of one, and then the anime covers one. Yeah. And then this covers one. So it's like, <laughs> just play the game. You don't need to recap it every time. But in any case, um, the basic plot, uh, at least at this point, is that Shenhua suspects that Landi kidnapped her adoptive father, uh, Yun Shen Huan, and so she joins Ryo's quest to find Landi. And there's a string of raids on local stonemasons, which leads the pair to learn that thugs are searching for the Phoenix Mirror. Even Chai, the uh, Michael Myers of the series, I like to think of him as, because he just like he won't go away, he won't He's die. Gollum. He's like this. He is Gollum too. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to get it for um, Landy. It's like, all right, we get you, dude. You little brat. And people complained that when he showed up in the anime, he was beaten too easily. But I feel like Rio beats him quite a bit. He just never defeats him. Yeah, it's almost like he's always been... I think like in Yu Suzuki's mind, he's always supposed to be this character that continues to like annoy you. Right. Well, he's kind of like the Landy presence. He's always watching Rio and reporting back to Landy. So... This is kind of like the eyes and ears of Landi. But um, yeah, Rio and Shenhua, uh, they learn that her father and a fellow stonemason were actually taken to Niaou, right? Niaou, uh, which is the second area of the game. But yeah, Bailu itself, it's far smaller than the locales found in Shenmue 2. And actually, it feels a lot more like Shenmue 1, which I mm. like about it. Yeah. Um, if you're a hardcore fan, there's actually a lot of lore dropped in this area, you learned about the creation of the mirrors. You learned that they were created by Shenhua's grandfather. The to bridge. Welcome a Chinese dynasty visiting the village. Yeah, so there's just, there's lots of cool. So if you're really into exploring and talking to people, you're going to learn a lot of background from Shenmue, like history wise, which is really fun. Um, what were your thoughts on Bailu Village and how do you think it compared to past areas? So there's just one thing. This is what well, we'll talk about the gameplay, but the eating part of the game kind of made me not want to explore all the fishing spots and stuff because I'm like conserving energy, so I won't have to grind money. Right. Um, right. So that was part of like, but I loved Bailu Village. I thought it was sick that they had like these little um, fishing holes. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that the village life was cool. I thought that they really did a good job, like slowly expanding it to like Sunflower Grove. Um, and then slowly talking to people and it gets bigger and bigger. And then you see cool like little scenes like that tree up in mm – -hmm. um, I forgot the, the something hill. Yeah. Yeah. And there was like that weird mom and daughter that live up in that weird little remote uh, house where she's like, don't talk to me. I can't talk to you. You got to talk to my mom. I have no permission. And it's like, girl, you're <laughs> like 40 years old. What are you doing? Why do I have to talk to your mom? <laughs> but uh, – uh, I just I, – I liked it. I thought exploring it, I was actually surprised at how, like you said, it felt like number one where you're like, what's going to happen next? I have – sure, it's kind of – they do the whole like uh, stick and carrot thing where, oh, you talk to this person. Oh, actually, this person knows more, right? And uh, I think they, they did right. a good job to give, to give you that no, shimmy one itch um, mm -hmm. for sure. Like, um, So, yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job with Bayloo Village. What do you think? Um, I agree with everything you said. I'm a huge Shenmue 1 fan. I almost kind of place it above 2, though I feel like 2's last act is probably the most exciting like sequence of the entire series. Uh, but I just I liked having the smaller area to explore. I liked 
Um, just the visuals. I thought it was really nice to be out of the city in the countryside. I liked that they brought in elements like, um, you know, you could walk around the field and look around and like pick up, pick plants and keep them. Mm. Um, it kind of felt like Red Dead Redemption in that yeah. regard, which I think you can also do that. Um, but it's just, I like that Yu Suzuki utilizes the um, environments to their advantage to like, obviously you're not going to be doing that in a city, but when you're in this, uh, you know, remote village, of course mm. you're going to be picking up things off the ground. Um, the second area, Niawu, uh, is a riverside village and it's the home to Feng Li and the criminal gang, the Red Snakes. Oh, yeah. Uh, fan favorite, Wu Ying Ren returns. Um, I thought it was funny, though, because he just happened to be in the village searching for treasure, which made me think of like, the Sonic OVA Knuckles, where he just yeah. pops out of a hole. And he's like, they're like, Knuckles, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I'm looking for treasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it kind of reminded um, me of, too. And, he is Knuckles, I mean, for Shimyu. Well, he is. And even, not to spoil the ending, but like he, at the end, is like, I can't wait to find more treasure. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's all about treasure. Um, but yeah, Rio, he, he's the big enemy in this section are the red snakes. And Rio is trying to bring down the leader, uh, Lonky Gi, and enlists the help of Ren and martial arts experts Kui Xu and Xiangxi Bei. Uh, and Rio finally goes to confront the gang leader. He finds the hideout deserted only to learn that Feng Li is there telling him that the gang are in her old castle with Shenhua, who she abducted. Uh, it's revealed that Feng tricked Shenhua and told her that Rio was the one abducted, and Rio is told to bring the Phoenix Mirror. But Ren, being the crafty treasure hunter that he is, uh, has a plan. He acquired a fake Phoenix Mirror at a local shop, <laughs> so he's going to give the fake mirror to her. Um, how did you enjoy this area, and what are your favorite and least favorite moments um, in it you you said it's too big right it's too large um uh, just because like i'm telling you like if they didn't have the food mechanic which i think is like literally anti-shimu gameplay like the idea that like the game is for you to explore and then now they're giving you like a meter of and it also it's your right. health so i i think that was my least favorite because like if it was this big in, in like a regular over at the shimmy two, it wouldn't be a big deal because there's no bar. So I would be exploring more. Right. This one to get to one spot to one spot takes a long time. I wish they would add more NPCs in the streets because it's supposed to be a big city. It would have uh, mm -hmm. uh, co contrast better from the little village. I feel like there was more people in the village sometimes than there was in the streets of this game. Um, outside of that, I really liked the, uh, they had so many arcades. Um, I did like exploring it a bit and it was a cool contrast. And my favorite part is the calling on the, on the payphone. I thought that was like mm -hmm. the coolest scene, um, really gave me a bunch of nostalgia, especially when they started playing the footage. There's also like a Yuzuzuki Shimyu shrine in here with all the kick uh, Kickstarter backers, which I actually kind of liked. Yeah. Um, besides that, I mean, yeah, it was a, it was a cool area. I just wish, just for the sake of the gameplay and the way they added this weird like uh, eating mechanic, that they would have maybe made it a little bit smaller. Um, just so I won't have to be grinding food. Right. Um, and what about you? What do you think about this area? Yeah. Well, you you 
hit on a valid point there. Uh, we're not at gameplay yet, but it's hard not to talk about these areas without, you know, the elephant in the room, which is the eating mechanic. Because I, I remember just running all over the place in Shenmue 2, and Ryo would never get tired. But for him to be like, oh, I should stop running, you're like, what are you talking about? Like, for me, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild became unplayable because weapons broke so easily. And I know people defend that aspect of it, but I'm sorry, that's not realistic. I've gone to museums and seen swords that are hundreds of years old that have seen combat. They're still there. They're still in one piece. And yet you're telling me Zelda can't hit things with a sword for more than one day <laughs> with it shattering? Ridiculous. And same thing goes with Shenmue. Like, in Shenmue, you should not be running out of running energy. And then it's not... I know Yu Suzuki likes to, like, be realistic and bring realism. But when the notion is, oh, well, I'm just going to buy the cheapest food, which for me was garlic. Yeah, garlic. And I just carry, like, 30 garlic on me. That's unrealistic for this 20-something-year-old to get tired within minutes and then eats, like, eight cloves of garlic. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on that. It's so... <laughs> It's so like, um, I get what he was doing. And if you look at early Shimmy One articles, they talk about how he wanted to add that. But sometimes you need Sega to tell you, no, dude, don't do that. Because it's like, right. that, I just don't think it's a good idea. But yeah, that was my and, only and issue. I, it's, it's almost a, a thing that they could have patched right out. Like remove it outright from the game and it wouldn't break the game in, at all. The food can still act as a way to replenish health after battles. Mm -hmm. But... You know, like, or make it so that running from morning to night will deplete your energy. Like, 100% energy will deplete within an, a 12-hour day. But don't have it deplete within an in-game half hour, which is, like, you know, <laughs> like, minutes. It's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, and I would say um, maybe they could have used it to give you, like, stat boosts. Like, how Yakuza uses it when you eat food, mm -hmm. you get more damage on, like, attacks reward you exactly. instead of like punishing you you know exactly yeah um but let's eat some garlic and actually sprint to the game's finale so the final area sees rio taking a boat with ren bei Xu, and uh shilhin lin which is a shrine maiden uh that meets up with rio and i guess she has a crush on him or something Ooh, every uh, girl in this go... game has a crush on him i have a crush on <laughs> him I know, we all um, do. <laughs> they go to the old castle. Uh, Ryo defeats Chai again and releases Yuan and Xu. It is revealed that Feng Li is actually Niao's son. And Ryo realizes that if Niao learns the mirror is fake, which she most definitely will, Shenhua will die. So originally Ryo thought she was just some local gang leader. And he was like, she doesn't know what the mirror looks like. But then she turns out to be one of the Chiyu men. Um, yeah, yeah. She she's going to tell it's a fake right away. Um, Rio decides to trade the real mirror to save Shenhua. So if you're keeping track of things now, uh, um, Niao's son has the what is it? The Phoenix mirror, and Lan Di has the Dragon mirror. Correct? Yeah. So Rio has no mirrors. Zero, <laughs> zero mirrors. Zero mirrors. So to me, this was the big moment in the game because if you're going to say like well what changed from Shenmue 1 to 2 I could tell you what changed from 2 to 3 
you know, like what are the big moments in this game? I think this is one of them. Removing the mirror from Rio's possession is a big deal because you carry it for two games. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of three. Right, exactly. Um, and I think the other the other one, which we'll, we'll get to here. Um, so it sees Rio defeating the leader of the Red Snakes, and then he finally confronts Landy, who's sitting in this, like, boudoir, his, like, bedroom or something. Yeah. Um, Rio still is no match for Landy, so it's almost becoming a trope now to have, like, a Landy matchup at the end of the game. He's, like, the Bowser. And yeah. in this case, he's, like, literally at the top of the castle, just like a Mario game, <laughs> um, which I think is kind of cool. Like, I really like how video gamey this last stage is, like, working your way to the top of a castle. Mm. Um However, Niao sets the castle on fire, which really kind of tells you that she does not see eye to eye with Landi. I don't think she's handing the mirror over to him. Mm. And so it does definitely set up this dynamic now where there's like factions within Landi's little group where they don't want to work with him. So the mirrors may be out of Rio's grasp, but at least they're not in Landi's hands. Um, so the castle's on fire. Uh, Ren offers Landi the fake mirror in exchange for Rio's life, but then throws it out the window. Um, but Rio still gets away. Uh, and the three of them depart by boat with, with the uh, captors that they freed. And the other big reveal here is that Yuan reveals that the mirrors were locked away in a cliff temple, but Zhao Sun Ming retrieved them to protect them. And, of course, we know that he was presumably murdered by Rio's father mm-hmm. and leaving Zhao's son Landi orphaned and raised by the Chiu men after Zhao's death um, and the Chiu men are now taking refuge in this cliff temple which presumably is the destination for Shenmue 4 um, the game ends with the trio walking along the great wall of China and so, so that kind of ends it um, what are your thoughts on the final act and in general of Shenmue 3, do you think enough pieces on the game board that is Shenmue have moved to make it feel like a satisfying entry? How, how do you how do you view Shenmue 3 as a whole? Yeah, that's a hard one because like a lot of people when this game came out were kind of upset. Like they were like, oh, it's not the end. What the fuck? You know, like people mm-hmm. assume that this is it, that they were finally going to finish the story. Right. Um, but not really. He, I, I think he was sticking to his plan. Um, obviously, a lot of people got upset when he's like, "We're I'm going to do four or five maybe, you know? Um, right. And this one also didn't have chapters, which was weird. So I'm assuming there's two chapters in this game, right? The two areas. He never, talk- yeah, he never made it clear. That's what's in interviews. I think he said it was like started with chapter four four or something but then like or five but then he never says how many yeah yeah that's the weird part um i you know the ending is good i feel like there's a lot of like i said like carrots you know like oh talk to this chinese master all right now you have 10 hours of gameplay to find this chinese master and it's like did we need that drunken temple thing like if you really wanted to speed it up and stuff um probably Mm -hmm. not it would have made the game a lot shorter so sometimes it's like it does feel like he's wasting her time, you know, talking to these random characters. But he added so much lore to it, like the, uh, like you said, the bridge, uh, the this weird thing that happened in 1912, I think. Um, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what the mirrors do any, anymore, and I'm like, I, I don't even know if they could do a payoff where the mirrors are like magic. Like there has mm-hmm. to be something they do, right? Isn't it the treasure they're they're uh, kind of alluding to? 
Well, yeah, so I, I was reading conflicting, like, reports or, like, uh, fan comments about the magic. And f- some were saying that there was a negative backlash to the magic in Shenmue Online, which, again, we'll get to in its own show. It's a very interesting, like, what-if Shenmue 3 uh, story. Um, but really, basically, it was like Dragon Ball Z levels of power applied to all the Shenmue characters, where they could like do kamehamehas and things. Mm, yeah. Um, and we see a little touch of that in Shenmue too with the floating sword, but it doesn't really return here. There's no real magic elements. Even Ryo is not like, dude, that sword was floating. You know, like he doesn't touch on it. And I think this is Suzuki reining in some of that. I think he realized it was a mistake to go all out magic. Um, I think there is magic in the game. There, a big one is that leaf um, that Rio carries that is said to still feel alive, even though it's like a really old leaf. Like, mm. what's the story there? So there's got to be some sort of like fountain of youth thing going on. I don't know. But what's clear here is that Rio's father, I think, killed Landi's father because his dying words, even in the anime, are um, keep friends, those you love, close to you. And I think there was a falling out between him and his friend Zhao. I think maybe Zhao was tempted to misuse the mirrors. Uh, maybe he was like, maybe he was like, we can use these mirrors to make the world better. Like, let's let's use them for good. And Landi was like, or not Landi, Rio's father was like, no, we can't even do that. So. There's a big unanswered question there still, but we did learn a little bit more about the two, how the mirrors were made. I think for me, the game now feels like kind of like a a nice counterbalance to Shenmue 1. It feels like that sort of scale, but it's like a bookend to the bigger game that is Shenmue 2. So in that regard, it kind of feels like a nice breather, um... Of course, it's nowhere near as big as two, but I think the fact that there is a smaller Shenmue game that's the first one kind of makes this one, it's forgivable that it's a smaller feeling game. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I feel positive about it looking back on it. Um, I like that Rio lost the mirror. I think that was not a as big a, I think people don't talk about that that much now. I don't think that many people have actually finished the game. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, because there is a lot to discuss. It's just I don't really see fandom discussing it. I don't know. I think it's also the fact that a lot of people got put off when he did interviews, like right when the game came out, that it's not the last one and people found that out. I think a lot of people are like oh so you're pushing the ending forward again and it's like i've waited 20 years what's going on and i i could see that point of view right but it i mean it's not the last one but it is a new chapter and so why not talk about what it does give us true and really you know focus on i I don't want to say focus on the positive because you can about this game if you want but in the end the plot is the plot so focus on what was moved forward and i think the big i think the big things in shenmue 3 are rio no longer has the mirrors we know the origins of the mirrors and we know um why the mirrors are both wanted by landi and why they were lost by zhao um 
We know the core trio is now going to be Rio, Ren, and Shenhua for the next game, which is a cool team to have. Oh, yeah. Um, and we know, at least we presume their destination, and we know that there is like a little bit of um, civil war within the Chiyu men, which is exciting because I think Rio might have... I don't think um, Niao Sun is an all-out villain to Rio. I think she might be someone to work with him in future games. Oh, yeah. You I know? think so, too. Um, especially if she learns that he's kind of like the one of this prophecy and maybe she needs him. You know, I don't know. Um, Shenmue 3 itself, though, was going to be a little bit bigger. This kind of... I In doing the notes, I realized this, and it kind of pissed me off. So there is... Uh, Bai Baisha Village, um, which was fully funded. It was one of the uh, Kickstarter stretch goals, and we fully funded it, and it never was in the game, and there was never anything to like make up for it. Mm. Um, there are only two images that I have here that I found. You can see them. Uh, the first one is a like geyser. It was a like, much more rocky area with geysers going off. Um, and as you can see here in the second image, it was a hilly kind of sandy area, much less trees. These, these cool little like domed circular houses. houses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and as far as gameplay, there was going to be like, um, a, a siege, like mini game in it, like the game warring kingdoms. And I've never played warring kingdoms. Have you? No, I've never played it. Um, I, I'm looking it up now. It's a, well, there's like a League of Legends thing. What is this? Is it like Capture the Flag or something? I don't know, but it seems like a brand new, like oh. hit point based. I don't know. It just yeah. seems interesting. It reminds me of in uh, Yakuza Zero or, or something where it's like they suddenly throw a mini game at you and you go, oh, this could be a game in and of itself. Yeah. Um, do you recall this cut concept? Yeah, I knew there was a village cut. I, I didn't really look into it. I, I, I definitely didn't know that that they cut a they cut a whole section off that was actually funded. I didn't know it was funded. I thought yeah. that they cut it because there wasn't enough story there and they wanted to like streamline the game. But I think you're right right there. And I don't have a problem with that so much, but I kind of wish... I kind of like, like, to me, like, like I said, Shenmue 3, if you look at it as a whole, like, what is it? It's Bailu Village, it's the second village, and then it's a, like, a, a battle up a castle. And to mm -hmm. me, that seems kind of small. And I feel like if you threw this third village in there, then you'd be like, oh, Shenmue 3 is this game where you go through three villages and then there's a battle up the top of a castle. To me, that seems more, it feels more complete. Not, not only um, that, it would, like make it more fast paced to be more like Shimu 2 where there was also three areas so there was three changes and right. I feel like they added like this is the longest Shimu game I think I think it's one, longer than 1 and 2 but it's like mm. a lot of it is you meeting these like Kung Fu masters we didn't even touch on because it's like not really going with the main plot so like I feel like they added these little things to uh, make the game longer than it should have been. Maybe having this village in the middle or, or before the big city would have made it uh, right. faster and feel more, I guess, action-packed. Right. Like, even if it wasn't a super story, like, it didn't move the story along all that much, at least other areas would move a little faster 
because you gave someone them a little more gameplay time. I don't know. Um, I mean, in the end, I, I don't really miss it because I don't know what it was. I mm. The whole idea of a siege game seems interesting, but if it is really throwing a brand new gameplay style at me and I don't really want to play it, I just want to move on with the game, maybe it might have been annoying. Who we'll, I guess we'll never know. Um, Shenmue 3, it also has, as far as gameplay, many elements found in the previous two games. Players can search for clues, inspect many doors, drawers, and items found throughout the game's environments, as well as talking to NPCs for information. Uh, quick time events return, mini games return, and jobs including old classics like Lucky Hit and forklift driving, as well as new ones including my personal favorite, Wood Chopping, which has some <laughs> of the most kick-ass music. music when you, yeah. Oh my God, when but you yeah. get into a groove. I just love how he just pivots. This is how I chop wood. I just go back and forth, and then I go, ooh. Um, and then when you get it perfect, it's like the guitar riff starts to ramping up. Oh, so good. Uh, there's also turtle racing and herb hunting, as we talked about. Um, it's said that there's also an affinity meter, which I believe we talked about earlier, the rapport system, rapport, um, to NPC interaction, where NPCs become more engaged with Rio as he interacts with them more. But it's unknown how far this new edition goes. They just said it's in the game. But they, you can't really prove it. Um, okay. Snail racing was a mini game that was considered but dropped, and I really wish they did it because basically, it's kind of like a joke mini game where the snails are so slow that you have to come back at the end of the day to learn who won. Oh, that's pretty funny. So it'd be like, "Welcome to snail racing. Who do you pick? Blue snail, very fast. Come back in eight hours. I'll tell you who won." You know, like that would have been really funny. Because then if you came back the next day, you'd go, oh, you should have came yesterday. No, 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 you lost your money. Like, it almost gives you incentive to, like, be like, oh, yeah, I got to go back and do snail racing end of day so I can get my 100 bucks. Um, did you find any of the returning gameplay elements to be a nice reminder of the classic games? Or did you wish that Suzuki pushed these concepts further and per per perhaps made it more like a modern game? I didn't have too much trouble uh, with his uh, take on classic formulas. I think uh, mm -hmm. it works fine in this game. Um, he did add, I think what you're talking about, the report system is when they like ask you for like a side mission. Is that what it was? Mm -hmm. when, like It was like a yellow exclamation mark and they're like, can you go and get me a capsule toy of this diamond? And you're like, uh, all right. Um, I didn't like the QTEs in this game. I feel like you always fail them because they come out so fast. Like, you have to have the reaction of a god to like basically get them the first time. But right. they, they were forgiving with it. Like if it was a long QTE scene, they like broke it down to like three parts. They didn't punish you for dying or failing them, so that's good. Um besides that though, um I'm trying to see other gameplays. The gambling, I I don't know if this is new, but I guess it's not. I looked it up, but like the fortune telling, mm -hmm. if you use the fortune telling, you could basically cheat the gambling system. So you just double your money all the time, which is interesting. Obviously, so you go and you do your like herb, you sell it or your wood chopping, get a thousand of the, the credits, go mm -hmm. to the fortune teller, ask her what your, your lucky color is. And if it's like green, you go to the four heavens, just put it on the green and then you win. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so, I didn't know about that. That's oh, really yeah. cool. Yeah, so you could do that. And I guess 
there was fortune telling in one and two and i'm like i i never spend money on fortune telling so now i'm like hmm, i didn't know that all right <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool um speaking of pretty cool things uh the game also had new elements including a Oof. stamina system uh which we talked about a ton i don't think we have to get it's too over. much into it um but basically yeah your hit points dropped uh, and you would lose the ability to run <laughs> Which, as you would in real life. <laughs> not only that, they, they, they made your... Sta- There's no stamina meter, so, like, you actually lose your health. So, like, when you're... Right. If it was a fight coming up, you had to, like, go and, like, heal yourself and then walk back, and then some of your health went away because you had to walk back to where you have to fight. Weird. Mm. Weird. Weird. Weird, weird, weird. Um, another big change is the ability to change Rio's outfit which I thought was actually pretty huge for the game. Yeah. Um, Costumes aren't at, like, Yakuza levels, but it is a big deal to see Ryo without his jacket on and the white T-shirt. I always like wearing that. Well, it felt like a callback to the um, Shenmue Saturn design where he had the two um, uh, little wrist things and then he had just the T-shirt. It it kind of Um, reminded me of, like, uh, Sonic Colors sometimes where you could, like, change the gloves, and I'm like, that's sacrilege. You can't change... The blue, you can't have a blue shirt, Ryu. What is going on? Yeah, sometimes it did felt you like change that. Rio's clothing during gameplay? Yeah, of course I had to try it. Right, like it's <laughs> almost like naughty. You know, you're like, oh, it's like The Simpsons. He was kind of like a Simpsons character, and all of a sudden now you could change Bart into like camo pants and like a a, a weird virtual fighter shirt. That'd be cool. Like you know, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Um, now we're gonna get into the big one. So the major change is the game's combat. Gone are the virtual fighter <laughs> mechanics and. In their place are four difficulty levels and a new automatic system. The four levels, easy, normal, hard, and very hard, can be changed at any time. And unlike the past games, the combat is not a button masher-friendly game, but instead it rewards defensive players who take their time and keep their distance. And the automatic system, it allows players to move complex input commands to one trigger press. Uh, Five moves in total can be loaded into the auto mode and then a manual system also exists which sees players inputting commands like the previous games um and the more you do a certain move the more you power it up and master it so george this sounds great to me but in practice how do you think it holds up that's like the biggest negative of this game like it did the structural like onion you know when you you ask questions and it unfolds and then you get more lore it did all that perfect and then the fighting it's like oh why do you do this it feels like moves come out <laughs> slow it, uh it feels a little like laggy when you're fighting it doesn't feel like it does what you want to at the same time it feels like mm-hmm. a step back from even one and two and i would say even yakuza is like way ahead uh when it comes to these like this ver like compared to three so i was a little disappointed i wish they would have just used yakuza one, two, one and two you know moves yeah. That way it can make it feel like it never stopped, you know, like it's just a continuation. I don't like the new system. I thought it was like, you know, like they did the the way Ryu even moves and stuff and talks to people and they turn around all goofy. It's very much like Shimmy 1 and 2. And it's like, why change right. the game, the combat? You know, that's my thing. Right. What do you think right. about the and combat? You s- well, you said Yakuza 1 and 2. Did you mean Shenmue 1 and 2? Oh, Shimmie 1 and 2. I also Yakuza okay, 1 yeah, and 2. Yeah. Even though it wasn't as good as one Shimmie 1 and 2, Yakuza 1 and 2. Uh, still right, better right, right. than 3 gameplay. I mean, yeah, I, I'm a button masher. So, yeah, I didn't like that it doesn't reward me anymore. Um, 
And yeah, I'm not a huge fighting game person, but Virtua Fighter has always been the one I'm most like into and get. And so the fact that they changed it up here kind of, I don't know, turned me off. Um, to be quite honest, I actually just opted for like the easiest automatic system because I'm like, if you're not going to play exactly like Virtua Fighter, I'm just going to completely change it up and have it be the most automated system possible so I can just get through this a lot easier. Um, which is a shame because I actually really like the challenge that Shenmue uh, 1 and 2 gave you with the fighting, even if you're not huge into fighting games. Um, yeah. Like having it, the 50-man battle in this one wouldn't be as epic as the gameplay in 1, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. But I will say the the loss of HP as you're running around is the worst thing of this game. Oh, yeah. I think the combat is not... Personally, I don't think it's game-breaking or terrible. It's just different. And coming into the third game in a series, it is weird to have something different like this. Um, the only thing I can think of is because it's not a Sega game anymore and they don't have that staff working on it. And they probably don't even have that engine. Mm. That's probably why it changed. And I don't fault them for that, but I'm like, you couldn't at least make it feel more like Virtua Fighter? Like, just try you know not only that it's like the history of the game it's supposed to be a it started off as a virtual fighter rpg so having that callback would have been great mm -hmm. yeah and and speaking of which i've actually been looking at getting virtual quest oh. uh i don't own it i realize oh, no. i don't know we could do an episode on it after you play well, yeah, it's so bad to buy it. it's so cheap though you can get yeah. it for like 20 bucks new yeah. um speaking of games that are cheap uh, Shenmue 3 saw a number, a number of re-releases, or re-releases and even re-releases, oh, yeah. uh, some of which I have right here with me. So let's run through them and just discuss them. So first up is the retail release. I'm holding the okay. PlayStation 4 copy. It is, there is no physical PC release to my knowledge, so this is it. If you're going to a store, you're going to find this on the shelves. And this is actually the copy I got in the mail because I believe the... I can't remember when the Kickstarter ones came, but they came very close to the retail release. So I'm fairly certain I was playing this. First. <laughs> you know, like I actually bought a copy before I actually got the copy. I paid for it through the Kickstarter, mm. um, which is the next one. It's the Kickstarter edition, which is basically just the retail copy in a slipcover. Pretty much, yeah. It's a um, it's an okay slipcover. The the gradient on it or whatever the design is is whatever. I mean, it's trying to look like two kind of the blue. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't really know what to think. Like, I, it doesn't have anything on the spine which bothers me. It should have so had looks art bad on a shelf. It should have had yeah. like art, you know. There's no art on the back. It's just kind of very. There's not even. It's not even embossed on the cover. It's just flat. Um, you know, still, it's not like I was paying for the slipcover. It was just a nice bonus. It did come in a nice box, too, which I think I held on to, which just has the logo on the front, which made me go like, oh, God, is the mailman going to steal it? It says Shenmue. <laughs> it says Shenmue 3. He can see it. Um, then after, beyond that, there is a steelbook, which I'm holding here. I believe this was a Best Buy exclusive. Oh, yeah. Um, couldn't which you, is kind like, of a shame because couldn't you buy it separately? Kickstarter award. Oh, yeah, I should have. Yeah. Um, and actually, I was going to bring that up. So I bought this not too long ago, actually, at Best Buy. My Best Buy has a um, section where it has all the steel books that you're meant to, like, get for free when you buy a game. Um, 
And I went there, I got the Judgment Steelbook, I got the Yakuza 7 Steelbook, and I got the Steelbook. So it's my, my Steelbook shop. Yeah, um, mine doesn't have that one, but it has um, Judgment, and then I think I got uh, Persona 5 Strikers there. So yeah. if I see a Sega one, I pick it up too, but like I haven't seen that one, so... It's yeah. nice, though, and it kind of makes me wish that this was the Kickstarter bonus. It doesn't fit in the... No. Uh, it doesn't it fit, fit in the yeah. slip cover, unfortunately, but... It would have been it, sick. I would say this is the ultimate box art if anything because it's just it's actually really nice it's embossed on the front rio and shenhuar on the cover that's one good thing um, uh, best buy does is the uh steel books they are the steelbook location for like movies and games now which is kind of funny um and then the next one is i think kind of the ultimate well one of the ultimate editions is I bought the shenhu three yeah, yeah I like the that one. Collector's edition. This is from Limited Run Games. How much was this? It was a hundred bucks, right? It was like a hundred and twenty. I want to say. Let me look it up. Maybe, but yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'm not going to do like an unboxing video because mine's like actually empty. Some of the pieces are actually on a shelf on display. But it's very nice. It has this nice slip cover. Oh, it was a hundred. This, this, yeah, exactly. It was a good price. And what's interesting is that this, what I'm holding here, was actually available. This red box that's inside of it was available elsewhere, I think, in Europe in some editions. But the slipcover is a limited-run games item. Uh, do you have yours on hand? My number's actually on the back. I have 2,245 out of 5,000. I have it in my closet. I mean, I could go get it, but I forgot what number. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's that important, but the number, but yeah. I think what made this one unique is it had some things that... The general release did not. This was available in Europe, like I said. Mm. Um, I think the Dreamcast case was not included, which was included mm. with this. Yeah. Um, the light box. That was the coolest uh, thing. I like that was that convinced me. I was like, oh, a light box. That's so s slick. Yeah, I, I don't think the light box was included. It could have been. Maybe it well, was. Well, I mean, still... included in the the limited run games is what I meant. Sorry. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there was also um, a double-sided Phoenix and Dragon Mirror. There were patches, uh, authentic patches of that look like Rio's um, stickers, and then a copy of the game. So, you know what's in total? I have three copies of the game. <laughs> the game they, they, they started selling the Shimu Three Limited Run games on nine 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 two thousand nineteen. That's right, yeah. That was pretty cool. That was really good marketing from Limited Run Games' uh, point of view. Absolutely. Um, and then beyond that, I have images here. There was a French Pixin Love yeah. um, edition, which I I don't know. I kind of wish I picked this up, sort of, but it's yeah. also not not that impressive. It's the basically it has an art book. An right? art book, yeah. that's right. A uh, numbered certificate of authenticity, not autographed or anything, and then four mini posters or four lithographs. But what I like about this is it actually exists as part of a series. So there is, there are Sega games in this. I believe Yakuza 7. seven. I own that one. It's somewhere in my room. I yeah, think that's the only one. I don't think Judgment has one. No, I did buy, I did um, buy the Yakuza 7 one. Man, Yakuza 7 is probably one of my favorite Sega games that they released in a very long time. So I bought it like a, a dozen times, but yeah. <laughs> and it also had a, a Steelbook too. So it's interesting that Shenmue 3 and Yakuza 7 actually has like Best Buy editions, Picks and Love editions. Together. Um, yeah. Exactly. And then there's also, in this last one, it's a little controversial. So this one is called, uh, it's from Limited Run Games. It's the Limited Collector's Edition Shenmue 
complete edition. So $50 and more than the other one we bought, that we showed. $50 you know. more than the other one. It comes with a welcome card, which is a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, six, uh, four, I'm sorry, five character art cards, which are pieces of paper. A herb map, which is a piece of paper. Um, two little cards? Uh, figurines, oh, which cool. are the... Yeah, they are the like mascots of the villages. So those are kind of cool. Yeah, I like um, those. A yeah. Golden, Golden Goose VIP card, which I think is just one. I think that's the two sides. Mm. The game itself. The Dreamcast case. And then the Dreamcast case, which they've already done one. I don't know why they had to do it again. Yeah. Um, and then the game itself, what it includes is the the game with the late the latest and greatest updates as well as all the DLC. Oh, like and then it comes in this physically. collector box. Yeah, and I always felt this was kind of like a kick in the nuts because it's like I already got the limited run games edition, and you're trying to sell <laughs> this again for fifty bucks more. And, and there's not even a physical version of this game. Like you can't just buy the the like if you wanted to have all the DLC on one disc and not like update it anymore. Right. You had to pay one hundred and fifty dollars. Right. That was I think what made people even more upset. You couldn't pay. That's for and that was the big thing is. Right, because yeah. typically limited run games will do the standard release and then the special edition one. Mm -hmm. And I've heard from the, what is his name, Josh, the owner of limited run games. He's yep. a huge Shenmue fan. He said that this was the only way that they could release this release. Now, I don't doubt him in that, but it's also kind of like it still doesn't excuse it being kind of a shitty practice. Mm. Um, just because it's like either, like, yeah, especially for Kickstarter backers who are like, Oh, now you're like putting the game behind this like money gate that we have to pay to get. But you know, I don't and know. The, I just I'm not a big fan of it. You think this isn't like like outside of the DLC and you're getting the complete version? Let's say like is this worth the extra fifty dollars compared to the no. other one? That's like no, my the, issue too. It's the like other one should have I mean, came I'm with more. More figures, like I would even love it if they came with the. You know, when you go inside that Shimu museum, they have that Yuzuki in the middle. Why didn't they give me that as a a figure? You know what I mean? I wanted all that stuff. Right, yeah. exactly. Because I mean, when you compare them, the Dreamcast jewel case, it's you you got that in the other edition. Um, I I would say the mirror is far more iconic than the sword of the seven stars replica, which yeah. I doubt will be sharp. I doubt it will be made of like heavy metal. You know, yeah. it's not going to be like a, a real sword replica. Nothing beats the light box in this set. No. Um, nothing beats the patches. The stickers are probably the only thing that are on the level of some of the, the pieces of paper. Mm -hmm. I don't think the um, welcome card or the golden goose VIP card are anywhere near as iconic. When I think about the game, like those things, I'm like, what are these? <laughs> like, what are these from? <laughs> I will um, say that the art on this, the herb maps. yeah, the I would maps say that the art on this is a lot better. The uh, blue background yeah. reminds me of Shimmy One. That was part of the issue with the uh, other one. It was like the art was really bad on the cover. It's very like right. so. Whoever did the art on this really did fix it. Yeah, like that's just generic art, you know. It's the same renders, but just it looks so much better. And I like how it has the trio there, and then it has Landi, who, yeah. who was on the covers of the previous two games, but not this one. And then the, the new Chiu Men uh, woman there. And so, yeah, I, I think the big, I would have picked this up in an instant if it was like a, a 30 or even $40 
individual game. Yeah, for um, sure. But the fact that it's in this set, it gives you some things you already bought, and it's $50 more. And when this was out there, I was actually tracking the um, inventory, Sales? which you can yeah, you can do if you look at the source code. This thing was selling at a snail's pace. That's They true. were not able to move. I don't know how many editions there were, but I, but it was moving so slow, and when pre-orders ended... It didn't sell out. So very clearly, they're making a much smaller run. There was 3,000 than anticipated. That's it. Yeah. And I think it was like like 2,000 maybe sold. I could be wrong. Is it sold out? But I mean, who knows with this? But this was so long ago, too. This was November 20th, 2019, I think. Oh, yeah. Am I wrong? Um, I'm trying to see the date. The other one was 999. Uh, it, it says it, it um it shipped quarter one twenty twenty two for the uh... no it hasn't shipped yet it's no one has it really no <laughs> it says right here it's supposed to ship oh, quarter first you know what it was twenty twenty I think twenty twenty was so when it came out so it was like crazy. a year after so they haven't shipped this out yet because it says quarter one so technically it's still not the end of the quarter right exactly so this went up for pre order um late twenty twenty a year after the game had come out already and they want another 150 bucks from you and then it still hasn't released. So there are people, oh, here's your Shenmue Complete Edition. You've had the game for four years now. You know, it's silly. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the DLC. We've been talking about that a little here now. So uh, the first one, there's three packs. There was Story Quest Pack. I thought this was the coolest one. So this sees the return of Shuken Zhang from Shenmue 2, oh. which is a surprising returning character um, who brings a po- brings out a new subplot. This is the guy who looks like he's oh. got a really, really wide mouth. Should have been Goro. <laughs> In the cups, right? The cups yeah. call him, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's also additional story quests not available in the main game, as well as exclusive items given as rewards for clearing quests. Uh, the second one is called Big Mary Cruise Pack, which sees <laughs> a giant party boat docked at Niawa Harbor. And not only does the ship contain mini games, but also mini quests and new outfits for Rio that he can obtain through these quests. And then the third and final one is called Battle Rally, which sees Rio and his friends doing their best Sonic Rivals oh, yeah. cover art impression. Oh, yeah. Um, and this one's cool. Players take part in a battle race in which Rio races Ren and Wee Zen through a battle course in an effort to reach the finish line and acquire unique prizes. Players also can search uh, for the Bailu Village mascot, Bailu Chan, throughout the game. Um, these are cool. I like I like how they both expand. the. It, it, what they do is they bring in a lot of the goofiness that Shenmue 2 had. You know, with, like, the races. I like the idea, to be quite honest, of, like, you were talking about the, like, shrine to Yu Suzuki that exists, yeah. which is a little... It's super meta, and it does bring you out of the game, but let's be honest. Like, this is a game that has duck racing. Yeah. And that has um, Virtua Fighter existing, like, 15 years before it should, or 10 years before it should. Um you know, whatever expands the game, I'm fine with. I think these are all very cool. Are they enough to warrant, like, an additional release? 
no. Like you can get all three of them for twelve bucks, I think, on PS4, and I. You can I get the whole. You get the whole was, game with the DLC for like eight bucks on PC right now, or the PlayStation Store right now. But wasn't there? There's a there was a, a redemption code within the collector's edition. What was that? It might be a, a digital soundtrack. I don't want to say anything like that because I don't remember. I have DLC product code. Oh, so did, did didn't it come with a copy with... of the game for a PC though? Um, maybe I don't know. I mean, I'm now doing an unboxing, but um, in any case, yeah, I, I think all in all, the DLC was actually pretty cool. Um, it didn't really expand the story all that much. Oh uh, no! But still, couldn't yeah. put that village that they uh, <clears throat> promised us with that uh, mechanic. They never did. <laughs> That's true. That would have been nice, but you know, whatever. Um, at, at least we got that goofy looking like hamburger guy to appear from <laughs> Shenmue 2. <laughs> That's true. Um, uh, there also exists a number of digital deluxe edition and Kickstarter. Let me set this down here. Um, Kickstarter exclusive uh, DLC items, including outfits, scrolls, capsule toys, and events. Uh, my personal favorite is the international phone card, which we talked about quite a bit here which allows Ryo to call characters from Shenmue 1 and 2 and catch oh, up. Yeah. That's where you're going to get cameos, you're going to get little clips. Um, Shenmue 3, when it released, uh, it came out to generally positive reviews from fans, but it did not reach the heights of the first games. The PS4 version saw an average score of 7 out of 10, with graphics, environments, and music seeing the most praise. Elements like the stamina system and inability to skip dialogue were criticized, though the game patches, uh, through game patches, though, the stamina, de stamina decreased at a lower rate, and they offered the ability to skip dialogue. I mean, too yeah. a little too late, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, I was playing it recently, and you could, you could do a whole day of not uh, just getting down to your stamina, you know, to yellow, mm -hmm. and then going back home and then sleeping and then, like... So they did fix it, but I think they should have just done away with it. And like I told you, if you eat food, they should give you like more damage on attacks or more, like a little bit more stamina, you know, like, right, like a exactly. power up bar or something. Yeah. But yeah. Right. Um, another uh, one thing you can't patch, though, is the story. Uh, so people thought it was underdeveloped um, and that the game being open ended was a mistake. They People thought the game should have ended with three, given how long they waited for resolution. Uh, Kickstarter res uh, integration was also called out as being too fourth wall breaking, um, um, as I there think, was. Mm -hmm. I, I think th I think that's fair to say though. There was even like dialogue where I was like, uh, I wonder if this would have been written this way if it, we didn't wait twenty years. And that's the problem, you know. Like we waited twenty years and to not call back on fans and like change the script. Like it's not the the same script. Re, I mean, uh, Yuzuzuki had like whatever years ago, but like him right. calling out carrots and stuff. It's like, or it's almost like they're nudging the fans th throughout the game, and it doesn't bother me because I mean, <laughs> we did wait twenty years at this point, right? Right. Yeah, but yeah. But you know, like stuff like the save. I don't have a problem with the save Shenmue building though. It's almost like a fan service building within the game, but it's all it's within. It's contained in its own area, so it's not like you know you're not. What is it? It's like uh, Sonic Adventure DX where there's like Sonic X advertisements all over the place. Like that took me out of the game because I'm like, oh, 
Wow. Oh. All right. <laughs> I mean, if they had um, a Sega Bits building with a bunch of Opa Opas, I would be very, very cool with that. So, um... Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought what was really funny, though, is that in the penultimate battle, you actually fight Kickstarter backers. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also thought it was funny when they had, like, a wall of photos, and oh, one yeah. of them was, like photo not submitted or something like, it was like <laughs> you could have just not included it or, or done a drawing but instead it was so like 404 error image not found you know i i found that um, interesting though it was like you're looking at credits there and it kind of made me go like man i should have maybe submitted something you know um right but i don't know what the tier was for the picture thing probably a lot and i didn't do it but yeah a lot of money if it was cheaper there would have been more um, that's true. Uh, you know, but like, like I said, like this is a game where stuff from the nineties exists in the eighties. There's duck races. So people should just relax. Um, we have not done a review of the game. So let, let's review it now. What would you give Shenmue three on the Segabit scale of F to A plus. People, I mean, people make fun of me that I just go like C plus for everything I don't don't really like. I'm like middle grounding, but like I do feel like this game is like a seventy ish, like seven out of ten. Like sounds good to me. Like it, its combat is not good. Um, its stamina bar is terrible, but everything else is so like Shimu. The whole like we talked about the story and we actually enjoyed knowing more about the stonemasons and how they like this more about the mirror more about Lee, uh, Ryu's dad i think they did a good job mm-hmm. um besides like I, I really wish they would fix the combat if they fixed the combat and the stamina stuff this game would probably have been like an a b pl- a b my like a middle b you know um mm-hmm. and it's such, i don't know i hope for four they promise to take away the stamina bar and then they update this game to take it away and have and it has like a new combat system that's it and I think it would be mm. perfect. So C plus. C plus. What about you? Okay, I would be a little more forgiving. I would go B minus just because I'm not so precious with the combat. Um, I, I don't think it was game breaking, but I definitely prefer one and two. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, it's Shenmue though. Like they really nailed a lot of aspects of it. Um, I've been playing the Back to the Future the game from Telltale Games recently, oh, yeah. and I just love. I love the point-and-click adventure feel. style, and I feel like it's it's died. Like, no one does it anymore because now they're like, oh, you got to make Uncharted 9 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when Shenmue 3 came out, I was a little afraid that it wouldn't revive the old Shenmue style. So the fact that it, it most definitely plays like Shenmue for better or worse was great, you know? Um, so... B minus from me. It, it would have been middle B if they had not had the eat garlic like crazy, but I'm glad they patched it and made it a little more accessible. I, I actually, in playing the game recently, I realized just how much better the patching made the game oh, yeah. uh, play. Because I remember getting frustrated with it when it first came out, and I was like, I'm eating way too much garlic. Um, as far as the sequel the sequel to the sequel to the sequel. Suzuki has gone on record as saying that Shenmue 3 brings us 40% of his vision of the series and that ideally Shenmue 4 and 5 would conclude the story. Um, Fandom is split over whether Shenmue 4 or even 5 should happen as a game, instead pointing to like a CGI movie using game assets or, you know, 
running with that. The current anime could conclude the story with a season two. I know season one's right now going to cover Shenmue one and two. And they're even adding Shen- elements season- to three. Exactly. So if there is a season two, I can't see them doing Shenmue three for 12 episodes. So would they start moving ahead and giving us Shenmue four and five? I don't know if Suzuki would show his, his hand. I almost wonder if the anime is acting as a way to entice people to ask for four or gauge, you know, and I'm totally cool with that. But at this point now, I'm, I'm no longer saying just give us an anime, give us a book. I want the game to conclude as a game. It started as a game. It should end as a game. He's proven that he can make Shenmue in the modern era and, you know, for better or worse, I would like to see four in five, even even if I'm still eating, you know, garlic. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, how about you? What what would you like to would you like a game well, for four? So I was a little salty when it first came out. And um, now that I played it, you know, I could see his vision a lot better. Um, I yeah. definitely think 40 uh, percent is a like three games and we got 40% of the story. It seems like we're a little bit behind. I feel like if he does another <laughs> yeah. game, he definitely has to basically say, this is all in. I'm all in on this one. And this should be the last one. I don't know if, if he'll be able to survive another Kickstarter, especially with like the negative reception, like just the idea that like the game came out and then they try to do that limited run games, 3000 units and they couldn't move 3000 units and they probably couldn't move. Mm-hmm. All the units of the vinyl, the big vinyl, and they were they were charging oh, like a yeah. million dollars. I forgot how much they charged, one fifty maybe. Mm-hmm. So it was like three hundred dollars they wanted from Shimu fans for <laughs> limited run games for one go. Like, I hope they don't do the, that. I hope that they uh, spend more of the money on actual, you know, creating the game. Um, but yeah, for sure. I, I think a fourth maybe could could work after the anime. Like, if the last episode of the anime is like kickstarter for shimu 4 i think <laughs> more people would be like okay i like the anime i'll go in and like it got me uh back into it you know so i don't know absolutely yeah i would love to see that um let's check with our patreon pals so if you support us on patreon at any level you get to share your memories at the end and of course i'm sure our uh, patreon picker uh, Daniel is like, where's my memories? Daniel's going to close up the show with his own like podcast, I guess. He's got so much to say oh, yeah. about Shenmue 3. So we're going to run all of his thoughts unedited, uncut at the very end. Um, but first, we're going to read the memories from the two chaps here. We have Hams, uh, who said, ha, I just got the notification to share my memories as I was listening to the Shenmue 2 episode. When this game hit Kickstarter, I was so excited, I naturally backed the game. My tier had the capsule toy in it. When it finally arrived, it had Rio and his forklift inside. Unfortunately, one of the forks was broken. Sad face. Uh, Super glue it, dude. Uh, Anyway, to the game, Shenmue 3 certainly has many issues and design choices that I'm not keen on. The first one being the redesigning the look of the characters. You get used to it as you play on, but I much prefer the old versions, especially Shenhua and Landi. Chenwa's old clothing was much more rural and better fit her character. And in the old games, Landi looked calm and collected, yet menacing at the same time. His glare, glare was pure ice. That's missing now. That's true. He did have an icy glare. Oh, yeah. Uh, af- 
Also the eating, I won't elaborate further on it. Everyone hates it. Yes. I don't like the new fighting system either. The old system was clunky, yeah, but all the moves you learned were somehow more meaningful. In the new system, I found myself just spamming two or three moves. Oh, and the grindy training, too much of that. Yeah. I sound very negative about the game, but there are things I did like. The graphics were nice and Corey Marshall reprised his role. But most of all, every once in a while, some scene or something would happen in the game that would spark a warm feeling of the Shenmue of old. The heart of Shenmue is still there, and that's mostly why I can't hate the game. In the previous podcast, George said it well when he said something to the tune of Shenmue games are like your children. You're going to have to love them anyway. Do you remember saying that? <laughs> yeah, I do remember saying that. It was when we were uh, doing the Andre... We talked at the uh, beginning of the episode, I think. Yeah, the Wow. Movies. Uh, Ham said, and I love Shenmue. Please let there be more. And then we also have a memory from Ben Hayward. He says, hoping I've made it with my comments. You have, Ben. Uh, given I'm in Australia and operating on a slightly different time schedule, as with Shenmue 2, this isn't a game I've played, but it's one that's definitely in my awareness as a result of the franchise's reputation. Somehow, though, even at that level of distance, I get the impression that this game isn't quite up to the Shenmue and Shenmue 2 standard. I listened to your Swing and Report show, where you live-streamed the end of the Kickstarter and could hear... That's right, We, you know, what to cut in here, we did a Swing and Report show at the time the Kickstarter was revealed. So if you want more of that analysis, jump back in time to when it actually happened. It's a fun listen. Um, you live-streamed the end of the Kickstarter and could hear uh, that when had some concerns about the way the fundraising had been promoted, but I also remember either Barry or George on the previous episode talking about running across the city and having to eat at least 12 pineapples. <laughs> it was garlic. I love the idea of, did I say pineapples? Maybe I did, but that's pretty funny to be like, guys, I got to sit down. I got to carve these. I got to core it. Man. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I also remember seeing a brand new day one version of the game in a bargain bin at my local game store towards the start of the pandemic for about six Australian dollars. I guess my question is, what went wrong or in the case that nothing went wrong, but it isn't quite as good. I'm really looking forward to tuning in. Well, I hope we answered your questions there, Ben. And um, before we get to Daniel, I mean, I, this is an epic episode because Shenmue 3 is an epic game. Anything else to add before we, I guess, close it out? I think we discussed everything about this game, and I hope we do an episode on 4 one day. That'd be uh, incredible. Absolutely. But we will return to Shenmue in the near future. We're going to cover Shenmue Online and Shenmue City, the uh, unreleased game and the released game that few people talk about, and I'm looking forward to that. We do have more anime after shows on the way. We also have Lisa Wilkerson's interviews. So this is truly the month of Shenmue. So without further ado, Daniel, why don't you close things out for us? Holy Holy guacamole crap boli. I cannot believe it's been, I think, it's been six, seven years now since this game's been announced. Almost, and almost three years since it actually existed. You know, you know, it's the, into the public to be consumed, to be bought, to be purchased, to be played. Shemu 3 is still a reality. And I'm, I still get goosebumps thinking about that to this day. I get all giddy. And I remember it like it was yesterday. This is one of the, 
one of my happiest memories of my entire life. Like, I will never forget this. This is so huge to me. Now, keep in mind, I was a new Shenmue fan when this happened. I only knew about Shenmue for, I think, just two years when the announcement came out at E3 of 2015. It was beautiful. It was genius. It, I, it, it was baffling. It, it just, it, I, you know, people were crying. People were, like, overjoyed. I was one of those people. But I have a story explaining all that stuff later. But, um... So let me. I may have touched. I may have talked about this a bit in my Shenmue 2 memories. Brief touch on this, you know, brief, uh, briefly talk about this. Um, then again, like I said, I only started the series in 2013, and I remember discovering it. I think I discovered somehow through some video on YouTube or some thing online. I got to discover Shenmue, and like I said before, it. I words cannot explain how I reacted when I finally got to play and discover it. This game changed my perspective on on gaming, on the gaming industry as an art form. It, it changed me as a person. It really, it really did. And it was the game that I've always wanted to exist. Shenmue was that game that I wish when I was a kid, somebody would make a game kind of just like it, and it does exist. And I didn't know about this whole time. And it was on the Dreamcast, Sega's best console. And this is this game was a defining reason of why that was. For my favorite parent company making this IP that I should have known about this whole time, but I didn't, but that's whatever. Because, you know, obviously Dreamcast and Saturn were popular, so that was hard for me to know as a kid, but whatever. Point is, is that um, I knew, I didn't know that Shenmue 3 was going to happen when I got into the series. I, I knew everything about Shenmue going into it. I didn't play through Shenmue 2 yet. I think I just started it when the game got announced, or I was like in the middle of the game. Or so I was right, I was right around like finishing it at some point. I was playing on the original Xbox and I was not home When the announcement happened, I was at a trade school college uh, in Michigan in the Kalamazoo area or so and I was in class and I got a text a message from an old friend of mine who Her and I have parted ways. We're not we're not friends anymore. It's a long story, but whatever uh, at the time, we were friends, and she told me the news, and I was like, oh! I was so crazy excited inside, but I was in class, and everything was all quiet, and all I wanted to do was get, the, get my ass up, sprint out of the fucking hallway, and just shout out and excitement, Shamu 3! Shamu 3! Oh my god, Shamu 3 is happening! It's happening! Shamu 3 is real! Oh my god! Like, I just wanted to do that. I did after class. But, you know, I, I just I just lost my shit afterwards. And I was so ecstatic. I was in disbelief and joy. And I, I watched Adam Kralik's video. I watched the Happy Council Gamers video about it. I watched everyone's video about it. I was like, every Shimmer fan under the sun was losing their shit over this announcement. It was a huge deal. And to this day, nothing can ever truly change that. And yes, I really want a Shimmer 4, in case anyone's wondering. Of course I do. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about Shenmue 3, George and Barry. I don't want to call you guys out. It's opinions are opinions. But I love this game. It is everything that Shenmue 3 needed to be. I just want people to keep in mind, for the people who hate Shenmue 3, who give Shenmue 3 a hard time, who think it's just a waste that should never happen, I need you guys to keep in mind, this is the exact game we're going to have 20 or so years ago if it ever happened. I'm just saying, nothing has changed. It is exactly what Yuzuki wanted to make. The only real difference is that it's, it's on a bigger engine, and there's something kind of controversial 
pretty controversial gameplay-wise that I myself do not like either, so we'll, I will discuss that in a minute. There's only one Achilles heel, one big flaw, one big problem to Shenmue 3 that is really... Okay, there's, there's a handful. There's like two maybe that I can think of that is unfortunate. One is the cross-save from Shimu 2 to Shimu 3. There's nothing. There's no like acknowledgement of the save data on your PS4, PC, whatever. There's no save like connection like Shimu 1 and 2 have. That's a real bummer because that kind of breaks away like the whole, hey, Shimu is supposed to be one video game experience. One reality that we could have had is Shimu 3 could have been designed for the Dreamcast, even now as an, as an indie title. It could have happened, but I didn't. And I'm honestly, I'm kind of glad it didn't. But wait, I kind of wish we had. This is gonna sound really bizarre, maybe, and like very questionable of why in the world would Yusnet and Yusuzuki do this. I sort of wish we had that original Dreamcast build designed alongside what we, what like the actual Shimmy 3 game on the current platforms. So we had two Shimmy 3s coming out developed differently. That would have been very strange, I know. But there was just such a beautiful growth between Shimmy 1 and 2 that's now lost to time, kind of. And I really, really hope that one day we do get like a giant Shenmue view game like game like it's it's all it's the whole story is one game and you know it the, the game isn't designed like oh such which Shenmue, which Shenmue game you'll play from the menu it's not like that it's like you boot it up you start up you're right there in the beginning of the first game you play it all the way to Shenmue 7 or whatever the final game is going to be which I think that'd be amazing if Yu Suzuki and Yusek could do that one day but time will tell or if Yu Suzuki isn't around for that kind of Invention. Hopefully, there can be a predecessor that you know he's been training. I don't know that could do that. We don't know that. I'm hoping that's there's a possibility that he does have some kind of pupil under his wing. I really hope so, but we we don't know. We don't know. Okay, so that is one unfortunate problem with Shimmu Three. I really that that's lost of time. The only thing that can really fix that maybe is a Shimmu One Two remake that's designed the same way as Shimmu Three, or like I said. We could, or, you know, maybe they could update the game so, yeah, Shimmer 2's data does something for Shimmer 3. I'd be happy with that. It doesn't have to be like, oh, your experience is carrying over. Or maybe it's like, oh, you unlocked a secret thing. Or, oh, you know, you unlock, you got this or Shimmer 2. It's like maybe some capsule toys get to carry on to Shimmer 3, but that would be complicated with licensing to Sega. But not really because Sega's pretty lead back with Shenmue. So I think it could happen, but that's, that's whatever. So, um, the one controversial problem with Shimmer 3. The huge one that's honestly, now that I think about it, it's kind of a sad one that could bring tears to my eyes because I really loved the combat system in Shenmue 1 and Shenmue 2. To me, I feel like Shenmue, the 1 and 2, is the one video game to truly give us and honest to God, goodness, like, close to reality combat system and, you know, when it comes to karate or martial arts, I feel like everything that Ryu Hazuki does in Shenmue, you can do in, you can do in reality. You can practice those movements. And it, as you control him with the controller, there's just something about, like, the controls there that feels very real. 
I don't know. I know it's, like, it's just an old dinky 20-year-old Dreamcast controller, but no offense. I love that controller. I'm not saying... I'm, I'm, I don't see it that way. I think the controller's great, but, you know, in, in actuality, people will look at it like that, but there's just something about controlling him with the VMU telling you, like, how to do it and everything, and which I can't believe they, they removed that for the remaster, that, you know, when you had to, when you had to do the moves, you had to figure out for yourself nowadays, but that's whatever. But, yeah, there's just something, like, believable and real about, about the way Rio just does it and how you interact with the controller, doing it with button inputs and everything. There's just something... There's just some kind of soul there that like, connects you and in, in the game. But when you play Shenmue 3, the combat system is so not the same. And it's not that's different. That's that's the problem. It's not really... The, it's just so bizarrely like what happened here this doesn't feel as like believable as Shimmer 1 and 2 the characters ragdoll and they get knocked down you, know, you can't even like dodge moves anymore or, or or what is it you can't block or dodge I can't remember but it's one of the two and you know and you have to do like button combos with the LB or not button combos like the button combo is just on, it's just not designed as it was why did they thrash this perfectly designed combat system for Shimmer, for Shimmer 3 why did they change it I don't understand why they couldn't just use the original in, in like a more enhanced way or something that's not what happened. They completely changed it, and it's very, it was a very strange choice to me. Everything else about Shimmer 3 is beautiful. I love, the, I love that you can just like take your time in the village and just get to know the characters, and and you know, um, just get to like you know take it all in with like the scenery and with the story, and, like you know with fishing and with shop or shopping or shopping watering whatever, or gambling or training at or training at the dojo, which again the, the combat's whatever. But at least the, the training is somewhat enjoyable. I'm not gonna lie, but doing the one inch punch in, in the horse dance. I think it's more like in tune with like you know what you know I can see Ryu Hazuki actually doing this or like an actual person doing martial arts doing this in real life versus the the one on one combat with a character that just doesn't correlate like that just doesn't seem too believable to me because it kind of out of the immersion you know the combat system is very strange to me versus compared to the original games I don't know that's really my one big problem with Shimon Three I think it's a lot of people's big problem with the game. However, um, I, I love everything about so far. Now, keep in mind, I haven't finished the game yet. I'm still in, um, what is it, Gulin or Bailu Village, I think, at the beginning of the game. Um, but I still know a lot about the story. I know about the encounter Glenn D. I know, I know Ren comes back. It's all in the trailers. I know the game ends with the walking, I think, on the... Oh, I shouldn't spoil too much. I, I know the game ends with them, like, kind of just continuing the journey. And I know all that's there because I guess all that stuff was like in the trailer, so we should know what's coming. And I think I now this might sound like a little bit like what to some people, but maybe not. I firmly believe, not firmly, but I there's just something inside of me that's telling me, kind of, that if it wasn't for COVID 19 and, and, and the coronavirus and for 2020 being the dumpster fire year it was and it destroying so much for so many different companies and people and everything just just changing the world the way it did i do somewhat believe that we would have had a shimu 4 announcement last year or yeah no i i do i think shimu 4's announcement would have been released sometime around i don't know like e3 again and I somewhat believe it's going to happen again this year. I could be, I, now I know I'm probably wrong about this, but we will see. 
and I, I will tell you, I know a lot of people out there are, might be a little helping about this, but I'm just saying, if Yu Suzuki needs help funding Shinmu 4, I don't think Yu Suzuki and Yusa is going to need as much as it did for Shinmu 3. If he comes out, he's like, I'm going to need help again, I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was for Shinmu 3's funding. I don't think so. I think it'll be more controlled. I think it might be like, hey, within a year's time or so, he just needs this much money. Like, maybe it'll just be like a couple million or so, like Shinmu 3 was, but you know, people gave us much more money. It's up to us if you want. I would I would maybe do that again. I would have to think about it, but I don't think it'd be as bad as, as how it was for you, Snap for Shinmu 3, because I do, I'm pretty sure they made a profit out of Shinmu 3. If you're anything like me, I'm pretty sure a lot of fans have bought every version of the game with the DLC and everything. I'm pretty sure they have the money for Shinmu 4. I'm almost certain that, that they do. And they gotta, make, they gotta be making some kind of royalties off the anime. I hope so. They should be. At least, at least Yuzuzuki should be. And I am strongly looking forward to that, by the way. So, those Shinmu 2 recordings were made way before uh, this episode was announced. So, I, I don't think I mentioned the anime at all in those. But, yeah. Um, I just, I remember... Now, now I know I'm kind of jumping all, all over the place a little bit here. But I do remember the day that this game was finally a reality. Uh, November 19th, 2019 or 18th, I believe it was. I was working at, um, <laughs> I was working at Domino's at the time. Yes, I know, I was, a, I was still a driver pizza guy. Still living in the same house as me now, but I remember this time. And I remember look, seeing online right there at the, on, on, on Limited Run Games, the giant, like, uh, the giant special edition that came with the Dreamcast case. And, and the patches and the, and the reversible Phoenix mirror and the light I was like hell yes and that came they, they, re, they released it on 9-9-2019 the Dreamcast's 20th anniversary that was fucking awesome and genius for, for, well they released it for like pre-order they like you know give it the game that was fucking awesome and genius I remember that being a huge deal and I was like yeah I'm gonna jump on this and buy this and I did and I'm so happy I got it and uh yeah like, like I said, like, you know, I put a lot of money towards Shenmue 3, so, for me, I, I don't think, you know, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't think Shenmue 4 should be, like, far from them. I spent, like, I think about around 500 or so for this game over the past five years. I'm not sure how much it was in total. I'm just guessing. But, like, it was all at once or anything like that. I think I spent a little more or less around that number, I'm saying. And I'm, I know, I know there are other people out there who love, 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 love Shenmue and respect it these games to death who spent more money than that. I know that there's people out there who've done more for Shinmu 3 than I have had. So I I highly doubt, or I sort of doubt, I should say, that Shinmu 4 won't happen. But I, I don't know. It's tough to say. You know, it's tough to say. It is. But if you haven't already, support this fucking game. Please, I beg of you. If you play Shinmu 1 and 2 and you like them, Give Shimmer 3 a shot. You might not like it, whatever, but it is the game that needed to happen. Okay? It's 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 the game that needs to exist. It, it came out, it's here, it's it's a reality. I don't think you should pirate it. I definitely don't think you should boycott this game. I, I don't care if Shimmer 4 gets announced or not, like today, tomorrow. Support Shimmer 3, okay? Just this one game out of all the games in the gaming industry deserves it the most. Because the future of Shenmue still relies on us buying these games. So buy the damn game. Don't pirate it. <laughs> like, seriously, like, 
you know, Sega, Sega can survive if you pirate Sonic or, or do whatever you want to do, but, but Shenmue? <laughs> no, 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 man. You, you better buy that. That is, that's criminal. I'm telling you, that is, that to me is very criminal. If you pirate Shenmue, you a big doo-doo. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, you know, Nintendo will survive you, you pirate their games and Microsoft, Sony, Sega will even survive, but Yeastnet, you Suzuki, they need your help. Like, they honestly do. This isn't just kind of scummy, you know, like, and I remember that bullshit people thinking, oh yeah, they don't even really need our help for Shenmue 3. This is just some, some kind of, like, fucking scam. No, it wasn't. It was all legit. Like, no, it was not like that. And I remember there's being, there's a lot of controversy around Shenmue 3's development, but thank God all that stuff is just, it's just history, ancient history. It's just war under the bridge now. It's all bullshit, and the game looks beautiful. You know, it's, it's final state compared to how it looked back when it first got announced. And I love everything they've done with the game, <laughs> practically. Um, just, just that combat. That combat really stinks. And now I have to wonder what is going to happen between Shenmue 3 and Shenmue 4 in terms of the way the games are designed. Are they going to be designed similarly or differently? Are we going to still progress our save data from Shenmue 3 to Shenmue 4 or not? Like, we have to work... I'm, I'm pretty sure not a lot of Shimu fans are. I don't really wonder about these things too much. Like, I think this is like a first. I just kind of thought about that, but it's still something to keep in mind if you're a Shimu fan. Like, that mattered. That idea mattered. Yuzuzuki wanting these, these games to be one continuous journey video game spread out with like different titles was genius. And and it's just a shame that he can't do that anymore. That that, that, he, he, that you, the player, can't transfer data from Shimu One, Two, Three, Four. You can't do that anymore. You just have to play Shimmy 1, 2, and then it's like, oh, here's 3, and who knows what's going to happen after 3s with your save data. I don't know, but here's best here's best of luck to Shimmy 4, best of luck to Shimmy 3, best of luck to Shimmy's future. I'm going to grab me a beer. I'm not going to open it yet, but I'm going to propose a toast to Yu Suzuki and to um, Yeastnet and to Shimmy and say best of luck. The future Shenmue, I have full faith in you guys. Anything bad could happen, yes. Anything is possible, but I still believe in you guys. I still don't think that we're going to be let down. But we'll, we will see. We will see. So, George Berry, Patreon supporters, and everyone else out there listening to my voice, thank you so much for bearing with my long recording. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to go enjoy some more Shenmue 3 when I have the time for it. And I'm going to beat the game as soon as I can, but Shenmue's not the kind of game. So I'm going to take my sweet time still doing it. I don't mind the spoilers in this, in this episode because I already know what's going to happen in the game. I know I know a few plot details. I also know this is the Shenmue 3 we were always going to have for the past 20 years now. So it, it's like, it doesn't really matter, I guess. It's not it's not technically new, but it is new. I don't know. Anyways, I really I kind of hope they, knew, they, they do like another like like side comic. And then another side comic story that they did for Shenmue uh, 3 and 4. And... Oh man, I, I keep going, but one more thing I almost forgot about, that I know there's some fans out there that um, really like this, and really hope, kind of like wouldn't mind if this happened. I don't want the Shenmue anime to take over the story of Shenmue. Shenmue at its foundation was designed to be a gameplay experience with a beautifully well-told story. Yes, the story is kind of cliche. Yes, I know we can see where it's going, but there's just something about interacting with it and Rio and the characters that he meets that makes it all the more special and spiritual and beautiful and deep and 
it's still really, really well told. It's still really, really well executed. Yes, we've seen it before, but it's done brilliantly well. And the Shinmu anime gives me high hopes. It looks gorgeous. I think the story is going to be conveyed beautifully, just like it was in the game. I don't mind if the Shinmu anime does finish the story first, possibly, but I don't want it to take over what the games, if there's going to be any more Shinmu games or not. I don't want that to happen. So, I hope most of you out there still feel, still feel the same way. I'm looking forward to watching it. I want to see it. It looks gorgeous. I'm not against it. It's just, I'm, I'm afraid that the games might be dead in the water. But let's hope not. So, again, raise up your glasses to whatever drink you're having, to Shenmue 3, 4, and 5, and whatever the game's going to come out for Yu Suzuki and Yisat. Just have high hopes, man. Whether you like Shenmue 3 or not, it's not the point. These games should still exist. Because Shenmue matters, man. It did, it did a lot for Sega. It did, it did a lot for, for Dreamcast owners. It, did, it should have done a lot for the gaming industry. It's a shame it kind of didn't, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad. Well, it did. It, it did, but not in ways that people really, like, acknowledge. Or even, because it's so underrated. It's like the general public, they don't get it. They're like, oh, yeah, open world games because of Grand Theft Auto and because of uh, Elder Scrolls, I think. No, no, no. man, Shenmue is why. Shenmue is why we have all these games. Even though every other open world game ever is designed very differently from Shenmue, <laughs> which I'm kind of thankful for that. It makes Shenmue all the more unique and special. But, yeah, so I'm done talking about Shenmue. <laughs> this is this is very long. Um, George Berry, again, thank you so much for putting this whole audio in if you do. I'm sure you guys might, but I know it's a lot. I know it's a lot. I'm sorry, but I can't help it. And I will do the work for you for editing. So thank you again for doing this. And, uh, yeah, um, thank you all again for, for listening. And, um, um, oops. I just want to say that I am looking for the Shimu 4 in the anime. And that's it. Okay, I don't know. I was going to say something from the games, but oh yeah. I wait whilst praying for the future Shenmue. So, I will say that. Alright guys, have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye.